0: And welcome back to the next episode of Ranked. Every month I come here with a bunch of guests to break down a different director, filmography, whatever it is, and to help break all this down, we're here to dissect the PTA Paul Thomas Anderson filmography here for all eight films. And of course, we can't do this without Andrea. Once again, Andrea, you are here to break it down. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing wonderful.
0: That's very good. Yeah, last time she was only pretty good. so.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to step it up a notch, you know?
0: Yeah, so she's feeling <laughs> much better this time. I'm glad to hear it. You're going to right. have to top it next week. What are you going
1: to go with? Oh, crap. I don't even know. I'm going to have to think about it now. Damn yeah, I don't know how you're going to
0: be wonderful, but, you know, we're, we're, we're here to make sure your year gets better and better. So we'll see you next month. <laughs> But obviously here to also join us is the PTA fan himself, Siegel. How are you doing this week?
2: Oh yeah, super fan, if you will. Um, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm very excited to be here.
0: Yeah, the, the
3: super fan. I,
2: um, I haven't actually seen, um, re-watched any of these movies like within the last like two weeks, but I think I, I've seen them all several times, so we'll be good.
0: Yeah, you've definitely seen them more than us. So I'm sure even though we've seen them the most recently, I still think you'll have a better understanding of these movies. I'm not too worried. Well, we'll see. Yeah.
3: Exce- I well,
1: try, I try. <laughs> except for Punch Drunk Love. I mean, maybe he's, maybe you've seen it more than us, but we've watched it three times.
2: Yeah, I saw it four times, I okay. think. Three times. I literally, when I saw it for the first time, I ended up rewatching it twice within the next, like, two weeks. So I saw it three times in January of 2020, and then one more time later that year.
0: Wow. Dang. I've actually only seen it twice. Andrew's seen it more than me.
2: That's
0: oh, right. No, what fake fan. Fake fan. Yeah, yeah it's because she's a bigger fan of it. That's why.
3: Big fan. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How this list came to be was I approached Siegel and I said, Siegel, I just love hearing you talk about movies. Just give me a name. Give me anything you want to rank and let's do it. I don't care. And he instantly said, PTA. So Siegel, I just wanted to quickly check with you. What was it about PTA that made you want to discuss his films overall?
2: Well, so obviously he's my favorite director, but the question, I guess, is why? When I first, I think I first saw The Master was the first of his that I saw, um, way before I was prepared to see it. Something I'd never really experienced before was that interrogation scene, where I was, like, walking in that scene, I was just kind of unblinking the whole time I was watching it, I was, like, leaning into it, and it's just something that I've never experienced, such such a visceral, not, it wasn't even that it was, I was sure what emotion it was. I wasn't like, oh my goodness, this is so sad, and I was sitting there crying, or I was laughing, because it was so funny. It was just, it was something that was so hypnotizing about about that scene and then that whole film. And I started exploring a little bit more. And not, not right away, but because but, I knew I, I didn't think I understood it at that point. But I knew that it was something that I wanted to get into. And, and a couple of years later, I, I saw more of his films. And I, I had a similar experience with most of them. And I mean, I don't know, it's just something about him just, just really speaks to me.
0: No, that's fair. His films are definitely very unique and told very interestingly. So it makes sense how that's a director that would speak to someone.
3: Yeah,
2: I think. I mean, I think it's pretty popular um, for like what what they'll call advanced film bros to be into PCA. Like once you're done with French and Tarantino, <laughs> but but I also don't think that that it's a film bro director in that sense. I just, I think, just think it's the next step, if you will.
0: I can agree with that. People. Yeah, I feel like a lot of. Film buffs always go. Oh, there will be blood. Oh, top five usually. Like it is kind of like an easy drag to yeah, point mean, at. Yeah. There
2: will be blood. I think is is, is his most acclaimed universally. Yeah. Um. But I, but, but so what's interesting, interesting about him? Another thing that I find to be absolutely fascinating and that I love so much is that it's very rare to find two people with the same ranking, and every ranking is valid. He's basically only made masterpieces. Um. You can argue hard eight and inherent bias either way. Um, but other than that, very few people will dispute that that they're, that they're all amazing. You'll find every single person's ranking is completely different. I love that. I think it's so cool.
0: That's a good point because uh, we did the Fincher ranking uh, two months ago, and the rankings overall were pretty similar. In right. That like,
2: you'll never find a Fincher ranking without either Fight Club, Social Network, or Gronk Girl as top, all top three in some order, everybody, and seven in some people too, but with, but with those top, those are everybody's top four in some way.
0: Well, in Zodiac, that'd be like the easy top five.
2: Right, exactly, and then most people have, right, yeah, exactly, but with PTA, it's just, you can't know at all. I know people with, with inherent vices are number one, and inherent I know other people with inherent vices are their last one, you know, like, that's just
0: how it is. That's true, yeah, I think universally everybody has those five finchers in their top five, but... Here, there really isn't no clear top half of PTA. It's all right, over the place right.
2: yeah, I also think just about about him in general it's, it's interesting to see his, his style his early films and his later films are completely different stylistically. they're so equal in quality like his earlier films are, are more energetic and vibrant, like like Boogie Nights or Magnolia, where the camera's always moving fast and everyone's there's so much more happening in in, in, in let's say Phantom Thread or even Inherent Vice or The Master, you have much more, uh, it's about one character, it's, it's more in-depth about each thing and it's slower and it's more meditative and, and everything like that, but there's still that, that same kind of feel to it. I'm not sure how exactly to explain that, but it just, it feels like the same voice maybe, it feels like the same kind of energy in a much slower fashion, I guess. And I just think that's really cool too that he, he's kind of progressing, but, but totally still himself, 100%, with full graded control and everything.
0: No, I agree that he definitely changes the style with different films. The, the older ones are. Oh, yeah.
2: And none famous. of his films are similar, like in any. I mean, other than you feel it's him, but they're all totally different and discuss totally different things.
0: Yeah. So before we get into it, Siegel just said that his first film that he's seen from him was The Master. Andrea, what was your first experience with PTA? Mm-hmm.
1: So I didn't know it at the time because it was forever ago, but my first was Punch Drunk Love. That was the only one I had ever seen. I didn't even know he was the director until I saw it. And I am like, I don't know. I like Adam Sandler. I know a lot. He gets kind of like a bad rap, but I really like Adam Sandler and I saw he was in it. So I was like, oh, hey, I want to check this out. So the first time I watched it, I absolutely hated it. Because I didn't...
2: More than most Adam Adam Sandler movies?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, because I I just didn't understand the concept at all. And, I mean, I'll get more into it when we talk about Punch Drunk Love, but I literally was like, who is this PTA guy? Um, I don't think I'm a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it started off on a bad note for me.
2: Definitely understand going in expecting an Adam Sandler film and then seeing the PCA film and being that being kind of a jarring experience.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you think funny guy or whatever, because I was I love rom coms. And whenever I looked, at it, I was like, Okay, this is gonna be like a really fun rom com. But I think that his style just sometimes is so out there that a lot of people like I think sometimes, I don't know, people misread him at first. So they have to rewatch the film again, like one or two times, you know, to really get a grasp of like, how his directing style is mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah my first experience with pt was also with punch drunk love but it was quite a while after andrea watched it and it was very early on in our relationship i think we just moved in together when mm-hmm. i was about to watch it and it was for the film club siegel here on the call picked, picked the movie and i remember telling andrea oh uh this random guy in my film club just picked punch drunk love i'm gonna go watch it she looks at me and she goes that movie sucks do not watch it <laughs> she was like it, it is it is not good please quit it. like
3: just
0: i don't want to watch this again and i was like she, it was just a scarred moment in her eyes it was these big eyes it was like a deer in headlights like no, do not go down the path but i threw it on and she watched it with me and the entire time she just sat there with her arms crossed she was like
3: Mm,
0: nope, nope, not this <laughs> yes. again. yeah, she was not feeling it. But I liked it, yeah, I thought it was really uh, yeah. good. So yeah, that was right. my first very vivoral uh, experience with PTA. I've never even heard of this guy, I just know that one guy in the club liked it and one girl that I'm dating didn't, so it was, it was very fun.
2: And now she's part of the club, so it's all a comfort full circle. I,
1: that's yeah. right, I joined and now I'm there, there to stay. Unless someone pisses me off. No, I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> Whoa. That, that was a threat.
1: A little aggressive there.
0: Unless someone picks Punch Drunk Love, then she's out.
1: <laughs> no, no, I like it. Like, yeah, doing this list and watching it for the third time.
0: The third time.
1: Really opened okay. my eyes, as you can see on my list. <laughs>
0: So yeah, if anybody's yeah, I'm, listening, I'm try not to get into it,
2: into it yet until we discuss it. But
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So if anyone's listening and you watch a PTA movie and <laughs> you don't like it the first time, just watch it three times and you might finally like it. That's, <laughs> that's the lesson.
1: <laughs> that is the lesson, hundred percent. It's, it's also really
2: not the worst one to, to, to not like, like and rewatch. It. By far, far the shortest. Short like by almost yeah, it's almost, it's almost half the runtime of so most of it's done. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, no, exactly. It's that, and I think Hard Eight that are like around ninety minutes. Everything else is right, over two hours.
2: It, yeah, it, yeah it, The it, Master it, is the it, next shortest at like 212 or, or something, and after that, it's either two and a half hours, Magnolia is over three hours.
1: Yeah,
0: all right, so we can actually get into this. Here we have the eight films already ranked here, and we can get on to last place. Here we have at number eight, and it is wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, wait. can I interrupt quickly? Can we, yeah, just for do sure, an honorable mention for Anima, which, which is, is his short movie film, movie he's done it's 15 minutes long. It's, it's a, a Netflix, Netflix short film, film, and it's basically a radio Radiohead head music, music video, um, but it's incredible. It's oh, really?
0: It's on Netflix, yeah. you
2: said? It's, it's, it's on Netflix. On it's, Netflix. It's, it's a Netflix, Netflix short film, 15 minutes long, and it's, it's, it's transcendent. Like, like, like I know that's, that's a dumb, dumb word, word, but it's, it's amazing.
0: That was on Netflix. So i I'll definitely check it out. Yeah,
1: okay, yeah. anyway.
0: Oh, I saw it on his list there. I didn't know what it was, but yeah, Netflix short. That's not too bad. Yeah, I'll check it out starting off the list here at number eight in last place. We have hard eight.
3: I would he give you $50. What would you do with it? I'd eat. How long can you eat? How long can you live on $50? I don't know. I would bet. Not very long.
2: Who's ranking is this?
0: And this would be all of ours.
2: Oh, based on all of yeah, our- Yeah,
0: so I have a master list here. Uh, so, yeah, so overall, we have Hard 8 at number 8. Despite the fact that none of us actually put it in last place,
2: all three it's of us- It's a Hard 8, you might say. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but really, it should be called Hard 7, because all of us put this at number 7.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: We all have this film in second last place, with Jen's up putting it in last place. Uh, and ironically, this was also his first film. So we can get to talk about his debut film here as our first film to discuss.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. sure. I, I think, think if I can go first, um, I think, think it's, it's really, really cool, movie even movie though obviously, obviously it's perhaps his most forgettable, um, as, as well we as obviously, be even be if my, it's my not my last place, place, I think it's his least uh, strong film, film. But it's interesting to, to see how many of his prevalent themes that I think are present in every single one of his films are there. Such, Such as, as the fact, the fact of um, it starts, starts off with, with a character who's result. lost, um, like like, like um, John, John C. Riley sitting outside, outside of a like cafe, and then another character who's like it, so it, his, his, his his life, life is in disarray. And then you have another, another character whose life appears, appears to be far more in order, order comes and then, and then picks him, him up, which is something which that happens in basically, in basically every film. Take take Boogie Nights with Jack Horner and Dirk Diggler. Take take literally any any one of the films that always that's always one of the things he does. His main character in this is is kind of flawed. And, and, and very naive, naive, which is something is that something almost all PTA characters are. are that it's, it's not, he's driven it's to just be accepted and, and wanted, which, which is, is something, something, another thing that every single one of PTA's films, films do. do. And, and, uh, and, and the, the other main thing, thing, thing that I think is interesting, interesting to discuss about PTA is that, is that it's not, not there's, there's not really any change in the character. character. It's, it's just, just an, an acceptance of their own self and their flaws rather than a change. And that's another thing that you see in this first movie that happens in all his movies. So I think it's really cool that even though it's not maybe. It's definitely, definitely I it would say, say not, not his best film. It's, it's so, so cool that right, right from the start, from the at, at what, 24, 24 years, years old? twenty two, however old he was, he was already so certain of what he, he wanted, wanted to do, what he wanted to he say, and how he wanted it. to say.
0: Yeah, this film came out the year I was born, so it was quite oh, wow. a while ago, yeah. But as somebody that used to work at a casino, I loved the casino vibe of this film. I thought the oh, lights my gosh, yeah. and, yeah, the cinematography when it was moving around the casino was very fun. Very Scorsese-ish. Yeah, I, I did kind of get that vibe. I don't know much about Scorsese because I've only seen a couple. But no, I thought Hard Eight, it was just a fun film. I really liked it. I thought Philip Baker Hall was probably my favorite of the film. I thought he was a very fun character that did have different layers. And like Seal said, he doesn't really change at the end of it. He's just accepts what he's, like, who he is as a character, which I thought was mm-hmm. very fun. And then, but,
2: right, interesting, interesting Heart and Hard 8, Eight, that's, that's a, a good, good point. point I forgot but, that in Hard Eight he kind of, kind of goes, goes all out with who he is, even he he, he just fully embraces, embraces it. And, and I don't, don't know if we're doing spoilers out, or not, are really?
0: we? Oh, we could do spoilers. Yeah, you could just kind of give a little warning before you say. So okay, so, so it a ahead.
2: spoiler for Hard Eight right now for the next let's say 20, 20 seconds, seconds is he, he just, just fully embraces, embraces the fact that he's gonna protect John C Reilly's character and he just literally shoots Sam Jackson like, like he he just goes full out and this is who he's gonna be and he's okay with that at this point.
0: Yeah, no, I thought that was a great scene where. Yeah. philip kind of goes toe-to-toe with samuel jackson i liked that you know he just was waiting forever and ever in the apartment for him to come back it was it was a good shot uh-huh. <laughs> i liked that uh with a film full of color uh yeah the ending did get very dark with the the camera work i thought it was fun but what was your thoughts yeah. andrew what was your thoughts on all the characters
1: so first i just wanted to say like for this being his first film, this was like an all-star cast. Like he got some like mm-hmm. I don't know, big names for his first film, and it kind of really surprised me. I don't know about you guys, but I was I was shocked. I didn't when I found out this was his first film.
0: Yeah, it's crazy yeah, that sure. directors can get big name actors for their first films like this. Like obviously seven is Fincher's second film, but after the flop that was Alien Three, mm-hmm. the fact that Fincher was able to then get Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman for a crazy unique. And Kevin Spacey
2: at the time was also huge.
0: Yeah, like to get such an all star cast. It's crazy that directors in the nineties who are just starting filmmaking are able to get those kind of stars.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I I always wonder wonder if it's to do with with the the filmmaker filmmaker or studio and how that works. I mean, obviously I think Seven and 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 for for sure Heart Eight were very much more uh indie films, so I guess it wouldn't have to do with the studio studio at all.
3: Yeah. And
0: what else were you thinking, Andrea?
1: Oh, I was just going to say, so I really had no idea who Philip Baker Hall was, but after watching this, I really liked the guy. And I was kind of rooting for him in, I will say, most of (laughs) the PTA films. There were some I didn't really Mm -hmm. like his character in, but he was really solid. And I just really liked how he took on the father role towards John C. John C. Riley, yep. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, I just, I really enjoyed this film. Their bond was probably my favorite part overall. Just like you said, how we kind of protected him, made sure he was okay. I loved it. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, he's such he's a, a nice, like, nice, little
1: man,
0: no? mm-hmm. <laughs> you kind of just want to pinch Philip's cheeks and just oh, you. <laughs>
3: like a grandpa, like, like a
1: cute grandpa.
2: Yeah, yeah. Cute grandpa. Um, what's her <laughs> name? Uh, Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow, Paltrow in this movie also gave one
0: of her... One of her- I think it one of her, her best performances.
2: Yeah, on. normally like, not a big uh
3: Gweneth fan. But yeah.
0: She was very vibrant. Uh, so also, also it's yeah.
2: funny because she's speaking of seven, she's in that too. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I don't usually I don't think, think she's like that good, that good but she was, she, was she was really, really good in
0: this. Yeah, she was very animated. I liked her in this one.
2: Speaking of of people who aren't usually that good but are good at this, John C. Riley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, starting this film, I saw him and I was like, oh my gosh, uh, I don't know. I'm not being a big Riley fan. But he's in a few of these PTA movies and I think he works well with PTA.
2: Yeah, I think PTA is able to. I've heard him, just because I'm, I'm insanely obsessed with PTA, I listen to him talk about like interviews on YouTube and things. And I heard him say that like, like, people always ask him, how do you get these performances that of actors? And he, he says that because he gives them. them motivations instead of just telling them this is how you should act this is, is the emotion you're feeling and this whatever he gives the motivations, motivations of the character and writes out the character not the specific scenarios, scenarios and, and then, then they're they able to, to interpret how, how their, character their character would feel like by becoming, like becoming that character more than, than just saying oh this is how i'm supposed to act right
0: now no that makes sense yeah i know riley was really great in this uh him and philip my favorite scene has to be when they're at the casino and he's showing him how to cashing the money, play a few hands mm-hmm, for 30 minutes, mm-hmm. cashing the chefs. Just that whole scene is so much fun and clever. I yeah. really like that. That yeah. was my favorite part.
2: Yeah, yeah that, that kind of like matches. That's yeah. where his, his style and, and his, his substance, substance kind of melds the, the best. best. I, I, would I would say in say terms in of the kinetic, kinetic style, style, obviously he's, he's had Till that, that point, it, it, was, it was very much focusing on, on one character, then the other character, then one, one it, was it was never in the same shot, really, until the car ride. But, but then, uh, in, in a the casino, casino, where there's, there's, there's just the, cameras the cameras flying around, and, and it's so exciting, exciting. Mm-hmm. and the, 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 the scene really uh, was, was able, able to emulate, emulate that, and use the camera work with the substance and everything to make it really exciting.
0: Yeah, it was very electric, that scene. I like that one. Yeah. What about you, Angel? What was your favorite scene?
1: Ah that's a good question i think i don't know i kind of just liked towards the end where like philip baker hall had like just helped basically john c riley get away with like what they did to that poor guy in that hotel room you know having him (laughs) all tied up and everything i just that was like what really sold me on philip's role
2: you were like all all the way at the end end, you're like like, "Okay, okay fine (laughs) (laughs)
1: I guess I'll accept this guy (laughs) I would
2: would say say my favorite favorite scene was 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 that hotel hotel scene that you you just mentioned
3: Mm -hmm. yeah
2: that, that whole—they're just, so just both so dumb, dumb and Gwyneth Paltrow's <laughs> just sitting there and moaning <laughs> and crying, and John, John C. Reilly's like, like just not sure what to do, and they just <laughs> really need Philip Baker, Baker Hall to come and just, just save them, them. and yeah. he's yeah. able to come yeah. and just be level-headed, and they're, and they're just, both just both freaking, both freaking out. out. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I love that, that yeah, really
1: like like I don't know how they thought this plan was ever going to work—that they were like going to extort all this money. Uh,
2: it was like three hundred bucks.
1: I I love how Philip's like—is it even? worth it like seriously it's only $300
0: yeah that was a good scene they both kind of looked like Andrew when I put in Punch Drunk Love in the DVD (laughs) player (laughs) their eyes are wide they're all nervous and scared yeah Thanks,
1: thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's also interesting
2: because that's a good point, that, that it was only $300 and it wasn't really worth it, but, but that's not really what he cares about. He cares, he cares about, about protecting John C. Reilly. So if, if, if John C. Reilly did, did something stupid, even though it was very undeniably incredibly stupid, stupid he still decided that he's going to protect him and, and cover for him or whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. Something so little he still steps in and helps out. That kind of yeah. just shows you how much he lo- cared for him.
2: I guess runner-up scene would be would be the scene with sam jackson where he knocks on the car window and then gets in the car
0: yeah the- and,
2: and he's like cigarette he's like no smoking in my car and then and then he's like i'm smoking anyway so he's like fine i'll take one i love that yeah no that was a fun
0: scene no, i liked that one yeah plus it was also outside in the parking lot with a lot of bright light mm-hmm. so it it's very gorgeous looking shot i liked it he's
1: just such yeah. a badass that's what i loved
0: mm-hmm <laughs> Alright, uh, do you guys have any least favorite scenes? Anything else you want to mention about Heart 8 before we move on to number 7?
2: I think that the we mentioned many times that it's, it's kind of his most forgettable. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I can't place why that is, but I mean, I, I think it is. I don't think that... Uh, yeah, I really think so, because I don't even I can't even be sure why I just think all of his other films out outdid it I think as as fantastic a debut as it is he was able to really you know elevate every time from then yeah i i I've always like been trying to place like why is this not as great as it feels while watching it? you know what I'm saying like it's so yeah, it feels slower than it it should be, I guess at times, yeah, but i'm not I'm not really sure. it's kind of disappointing to think about it even though it's so great, you know.
0: No, that's a good point how this is either his shortest or second shortest film in his entire filmography, but it definitely feels just as long as the two and a half hour movies. Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe, maybe it has to do with like some of the shots and editing, you know, like he was at the start of his career. I mean, I still thought they were great in this, but there are definitely some other films of his that are like went above and beyond in that area. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: All right, so we can move on to number seven here on the list, and that is Inherent Vice.
3: So, what's the beef here exactly? It doesn't have much to do with your specialty, which I understand is marine law. we got plenty of crime on the high seas, Lieutenant. Okay, well, so far we have murder and kidnapping. You know, we can work in pirates if it would make you more comfortable. Either way, it's high profile. Yeah, but... Um... Given your history of harassment with my client, this will never make it to trial. No, I think we could probably take this all the way to trial, but with our luck, you know, the jury pool will be 99%. It'd be.
0: It was me and Siegel that really dragged this down because me and Siegel both have this as our least favorite of his films here, and Andrea really tried to push this up on her little back because she had it at number four. Oh, wow. I did
1: not know that. <laughs> yeah, I had a high. I really think Joaquin, like, came on very strong. You strong-ness.
2: had it as high as Joaquin's character in the film.
1: <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs>
1: I love that. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Yes. I I love the storyline. It probably falls in a weird spot for me because, like you said, some people have this really high or some people have this really low. It's literally smack dab in the middle for me. I just loved Joaquin's character and I like the storyline even though I don't know he was kind of all over the place and I feel like people were just using and abusing him but he still he still solved the case and I I was pretty impressed with that with how high he was.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) For me Siegel was saying that heartache is probably his most forgettable but I think inherent vice is the most forgettable for me i don't remember too much about it and it was one that as soon as i watched it i had it six out of eight and i just every week i kind of thought about it, i kept bumping it down until it was at the bottom it just doesn't have too many memorable moments for me but right. during the time i liked it it actually gave me a lot of big lebowski vibes with the main mm-hmm. character joaquin phoenix kind of walking around confused being like this central hub of all this chaos just like the dude and big lebowski like everything connects to him but he's kind of just there for the ride just enjoying his time and while everyone else around him thinks that they're like outsmarting him and telling him what to do and they're kind of the head of the power but really it's all twisted around joaquin so i thought it was really fun for what it was I think Andrea really liked it because Reese Witherspoon is in it, and she
2: loves
1: <laughs> her as an actor. Yeah, just quick shout-out to my girl, Reese. I love her. She's not in
2: it very much, but she is. She does I know. A couple cameos.
1: And in my review, that's what I said. I said, I wish there was a little <laughs> bit more Reese Witherspoon in this because yes. I did like her character.
0: Yeah, she's great. This might have been number two or three for Andrea if we got more Reese
1: Witherspoon.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure every time she was on screen, Andrew was just, like, fanning herself. She's like, gosh, she's so gorgeous in that suit. Like, she's very into Reese, yeah. She's
1: such a businessman. I think that the
2: main difference Mm -hmm. between Inherent Vice and and his other films is that this one kind of keeps the audience at arm's length. Like, it doesn't really invite you into the story Mm -hmm. as much as as the other ones are more, like, enveloping and and more emotional in a way. I don't think... It's definitely as funny as, for sure. I don't think that's... I, I think that's pretty inarguable maybe you could say punch drunk love is funnier but that's I don't know but I think that that besides for the humor it, it's hard to really get involved in the story because the film keeps you at such a distance
0: yeah no that makes sense it is very distant from the us having the viewing experience I do wonder if on a rewatch since we kind of know how the whole path goes if it's more enjoyable Siegel mm-hmm. has rewatched it and it still lasts I so have. maybe not
3: <laughs> but yeah
2: <laughs> um, I think that it, it's funny to even think about how unemotional it is because, because it does have that same character who is out of place in the world. He's a hippie in the 80s or, or the 70s when, when hippies were kind of over in the 60s and now he's just out of place, but we don't really feel that with him. We just Everyone's just making fun of him and it's funny and whatever, but you don't, there's, there's not that emotional impact of, of that outsider feel that all of his other films kind of uh, highlight so much better and so much more emotionally.
0: I thought him and Josh Brolin were really fun I, together, though. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, that was definitely Joaquin. my favorite
3: part. <laughs> that was so good; was great.
0: Yeah, I died when Josh Brolin just started chewing on the cigarette buds. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just so <laughs> funny. Yeah, it was a lot of fun physical gags. I had a good time with it.
2: The scene with Joaquin in the in the by the in the big house. I forget what it's called. Where he's just like walking past the room. And it's, it's for your, the camera's all the way on the other side of the room, and we see him walking through the doorway. He's just, like, kind of looking in and walking really funny. I just, that made me laugh. There's just a bunch of, it, he really, like, is married to the performance. And, and, and there's something to this that I think it just evades me. I'm not sure what it is, but it is. I think a lot of the people making it loved it and, and knew what they were doing. I'm just not sure why I don't.
1: <laughs> and I just wanted to give a quick call-out to, like, one of my favorite Josh Brolin scenes is, where he literally calls up Joaquin and is talking to him. And then his wife literally gets so pissed off and grabs the phone and just starts yelling at Joaquin when he literally did nothing wrong. I don't know why, I really just enjoyed that scene. She just like let him have it. And like, he did nothing. Yeah.
0: That's pretty much like my life, right? I'm like calling my buddies and hanging out and playing video games. And Angel walks in and gets angry at them, even though really it was my fault, but I'm not going to say anything. God. I really connected with Brolin in this film. I bet you did. I I too eat cigarette butts. (laughs)
3: Oh, God.
0: I thought it was a very fun film. I like it. The more I reflect on it now, I kind of think it might be better than Heart 8. Uh, They're pretty interchangeable for me. They're both kind of the less memorable films, Mm -hmm. but they still have their fun moments. I really don't think PTA has a bad film. Mm.
2: Yeah, I would definitely. I mean, I don't think this is surprising but i would definitely agree with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: I- surprise surprise yeah. Like, I think
2: and at I'm... this point and at this point forward after these two films i don't think he has anything less than a, a great film with a capital g oh, an okay. actual masterpiece from oh, now on oh, oh. every single one yeah.
0: and andrew was telling me before we did the podcast that she had her lowest score is a four is that still correct but she told me that she was very high on all of these films
3: <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it's very not correct at all, because <laughs> I think I gave <laughs> three of them like a three and a half star, oh, okay. but everything else was above that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I gave three of them a three and a half, so I'm kind of on the same page oh, wow. where uh, my so loss is gave... a
2: 3.5. Yeah, I gave Eight a three and a half, I gave Inherent Vice a three, I gave one other one a four and a
0: half, and otherwise I give them all five. Wow, so very big jump for Siegel. Dang. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, do we have anything else we want to say about inherent vice do you guys have any favorite scenes you want to bring up uh, we didn't talk about Reese Witherspoon much Andrew any bit anything you want to say
1: <laughs> I mean my girl had some good scenes with what she had barely but I mean there's one scene where she is trying to help Joaquin get into like the files and he's like but like isn't that like illegal and she's like Grow the fuck up. Give me the information. (laughs) I love it. She was such a badass in her short scenes. Yeah,
0: she was not in it that much, but she was very fun. Uh, For me, the three standouts were Phoenix, Brolin, and then Witherspoon. Uh, Mm -hmm. They were my three faves.
2: Interesting. Catherine Watterson, for me, was was excellent. The scene with them, personally, the funniest scene. And also, interestingly, I think the most uh, heartwarming, the, the only time I really felt anything below beneath the surface was, was that scene where they're just out, stone cold sober and they they can't handle it and they're just they're listening to the phone and they, they, some message comes in, call this number for, you know what I'm saying, and they call it and they run and, and barefoot in the rain and then it ends up not being anything. They, 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 the building's gone and then whatever, but, but they're, they're just kind of together in that scene and, and the expedition to get the, the drugs it was an experience that, that they kind of had together and that they enjoyed. Even if it didn't, they were still stone cold, sober, and very upset about it. Um, I think that, that would have been my favorite scene. That's a good scene.
1: I liked it. I liked yeah. it also because at the very beginning of that scene, they had the Ouija board out. And growing up, <laughs> yeah, we loved I mean. the Ouija, Ouija board. board. <laughs> yes, yes.
2: Yeah, I forgot what it was. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: Which says a lot, I guess. But yeah. And then yeah.
1: I was going to say one more thing. <laughs> and I think you guys saw this in the chat. Did you say this was. Uh, the first appearance of, was it Maya Rudolph, PTA's wife?
2: Yeah, I I, I I forgot that she was in it. She's This is the only one that she's in. Oh. I did not
1: This understand. is, yeah.
2: I also, I think it's amazing that they're together. It's such a great couple. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that this is the only one. I totally forgot she was in it. And Yeah, i was really excited to see she's like a receptionist. Also, why, could, random question, why was his office in a hospital?
0: yeah yeah andrew andrew thought, andrew thought he was a doctor
1: i was so yeah.
2: confused they call him doc but I, I think it's just i guess it's just the fronts so that he could use the laughing gas like i don't i don't really
0: yeah that's what i thought yeah
2: so i don't necessarily
0: know why it's <laughs> all right, in the yeah,
2: hospital. that's all i got
0: well since this is like big lebowski i've been really pushing hard for me to dress up as the dude and andrew to dress up as julian moore and she's very against that she doesn't <laughs> want to do that outfit So maybe I could dress up as Phoenix. So you could dress up as Witherspoon. You might be more down for that.
1: Mm. Oh, dang. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I could have like the long sideburns. That'd be good.
1: Do it.
0: Well, is that everything for... anything for
2: Quentin to dress up as the dude.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it takes at this point.
1: (laughs) He's trying. He's trying very hard, yes.
0: All right, so we can move on to number six here. And that is going to be Phantom Thread.
3: I have things I want to do, things I simply cannot do without you. Reynolds has made my dreams come true, and I've given him what he desires most in return. (laughs) Every piece of me. Why are you not married?
2: (laughs) mm mm-hmm. this is the one that I was talking about. Yeah,
3: so
0: <laughs> this is Andrea's least favorite film, which she put at number eight. Siegel has this at number six, and I have it at number five. Yeah,
2: I mean, another one, like I said earlier, about everyone having different orders. I know many people who have this in first place.
0: Yeah, and it's a very good film. I like this one.
2: Yeah, at this point on, basically everyone, anyone might have any of these at number one.
0: Yeah, yeah, we kind of went through the two that are the least likable ones, the more forgettable ones. Uh, these other six—they all have iconic moments, great scenes, great cinematography. It's really hard to compare.
2: Yeah, and 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 this one has Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes, Andrew's okay. favorite.
1: You know, I, mean, <laughs> I put this in last, and I absolutely love Daniel Day-Lewis, but he just—I don't know—it just didn't do it for me for some reason.
3: Yeah.
2: Also, what's interesting about this one is that him, and I believe it was Roger Elswit, Robert Elswit, I don't know why I said Roger, um, got into kind of like, they didn't apparently have such a good time on inherent vice. So for this one, there was no cinematographer. PTA acted as his own cinematographer, um, and him and the crew together just, just composed each of the shots and, and set them up and shot them themselves.
0: I didn't realize that. Dang.
2: Yeah, and then he refused the cinematography nomination. He didn't. He didn't want it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a move. Yeah. I like that.
2: Yeah, like he he, he didn't want to take credit for it. It was him and his whole crew, so there, there was just no credited cinematographer. On Letterboxd, he's still credited, but he just there was no credited cinematographer. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so for this film it's Daniel Day Lewis and the really this new woman Mrs. Vicky Daniel. creeps. Yeah, yeah, they have the actress, yeah, Vicky. It's about her kinda of entering Daniel Day Lewis's life as this fashion icon who really makes these incredible outfits. But to me, this might be a hot take, I thought Leslie's character, the assistant that is always with Daniel Day-Lewis, I thought she was Mm -hmm. the most interesting. I really liked her involvement with the other two. It really was like a dichotomy between these three big figureheads of the film. It was like a battle for power, really.
1: Yeah, and if you read my review, I loved her. Leslie, I thought she was honestly... I thought she was better than Alma, to be honest.
0: <laughs> you think Maybe. our two it's listeners listening right now read your review?
1: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> also,
2: re- I'm just reading it right now. Also, I've I read it before, but to just read it out loud. Also, everyone likes to say how much you like Alma, but I think Cyril is the real winner of the storyline. Cyril runs the house, is always right, and has a perfect wardrobe. That's
1: true. Yes.
0: I really liked her character. I thought she was the wrinkle in the film that really makes it fun. Uh, you really see Daniel and Vicky really... Kind of go off each other, but it's always that third character that kept adding the excitement for me. I thought she was very fun.
2: So, so speaking of just because we just brought her up, Maya Rudolph. So what inspired this film was when PTA was sick in bed, and Maya Rudolph brought him soup, and right then on the spot, he made the, he thought of the whole movie. So I don't know what that says exactly about the relationship <laughs> and what he was expecting in the soup, but it's it's an interesting, it's a really interesting fun fact.
0: Now, that is pretty interesting. Yeah,
2: this is the one I think I've seen least recently. Like, I think it's been the the longest uh, out of all of them since I've seen this
0: one. Which also does make sense. It's not one of the longer ones. It's kind of in the middle with his films, but it is one that it takes a lot to watch. Like, It's a very Mm slow-paced, intense film. Like, there's no light moments, no fun laughs that you can have during it like punch drunk love or some of the other yeah but films. i think
2: it's similar with that with that in that in that way to the master
0: yeah and, and there will be blood i think it's similar to that as well it's just right. very slow yeah, and more intense of his, it's
2: definitely one of his second half of his career than his earlier half for sure
0: that's fair yeah and to be fair for mm-hmm. all of those i don't know how often i'll be re-watching there will be blood or the master i feel like mm-hmm. they're one that you can watch once every three years and still really mm-hmm. appreciate it
2: Okay, I mean, I, I'll disagree with you there.
0: <laughs>
2: Seagull's <laughs> like, no,
1: I watch them once a month.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Master's one, and There Will Be Blood, and, and, and most of the rest of these films on this list are, are ones that I have every, every day. I have to like, not today. I have to watch new movies. Not today. I can't watch new ones.
0: Seagull's <laughs> so like, I could watch a new one, or I could rewatch The Master for the fifth time. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's tough. All right, so Andrew, you have this in last. Uh, What was your thoughts on this movie compared to the first two we discussed?
1: Uh, I, like, you know, it was good. Like we already said, PTA, everything literally is great from him. But for me, it was slow. You brought that up, very slow for me. And then, I don't know, maybe a little bit of a spoiler here, but I just, I don't know. I didn't really like how it ended. I didn't like that he's, like, He's okay with like her trying to like poison him, basically.
2: <laughs> well, that that was yeah. Well, he's he's he yeah. I mean, I can explain why I, I love it. I think um, he he's reliant in a way. He he's very he seems so put together, but he needs that mm-hmm. someone, which is something that I think that in a lot of ways it's the most calm, yet also at the same time most intense under the surface. They're both so poised, but they both need each other, and he's willing to. She, she's controlling, and he's kind of, like, more subservient and submissive in that sense, and he's willing to, to eat poison for her and be sick so that she can take care of him all the time.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think for me, it was just that they were living in this, like, toxic circle that was just going round and round, and I was, I just, I don't know, for some reason. But it's so not
2: toxic, toxic if they both agree on it and want it.
0: Yeah, it is interesting where That's yeah, true. I agree that I get the vibe where it's very toxic how they both want to have power over the other. But like Siegel said, if they both want to be in that position, it is interesting. Right and, right, to have that. and in
2: the end he doesn't want power over her the other way around. That scene where he's eating it and she's like feeding oh my goodness, it's amazing.
1: I'll be honest with you, I really wanted the second time I wanted for it to like kill him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if andrea like, wants daniel day lewis
0: to die then we know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Andrew, i really love daniel day lewis also Andrew. i wish he was dying like,
1: <laughs> I, just, I wanted something to happen i guess
0: <laughs> but it was a lot of the stuff in the middle surprisingly that i liked the most i liked mm-hmm. where <laughs> she was making a lot of noise at the breakfast table and he was shunning her out yeah and then you see like 30 minutes mm-hmm. later she is so quiet and She's fit herself perfectly into this guy's puzzle. Like it just feels so interesting, the progression of their relationship. Uh, I thought the middle part was very fun to see how they built off each other. I loved that. I love mm-hmm. scenes like that.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. That breakfast scene you mentioned is awesome. I love that scene. I think that out of She's all great. his all his movies, this one's the best like eating and food type meal <laughs> movie.
0: Seagull. <laughs> this so, is, uh, if we're so ranking food centric. Yeah, if we're ranking films about food, this would be a top tier. <laughs>
2: I'll
0: remember that. i remember that. It, it, this it, like, and
2: Claudia with a chance of meatball. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, In a few years time when I'm really grasping at straws for rankings and we rank food films. I'll remember those. <laughs>
1: let's let's throw the platform out there too. <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: yeah and, and sausage party, can't forget that. Oh of course. Oh yeah,
1: that's a yeah.
0: easy A plus tier, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, like I said, I, don't, I haven't really seen this one in a very long time, so I don't, I don't have that much to add. Yeah,
0: I don't really have too much to add either. It is just a nice progression of these three characters. I think they were all really great. Uh, did all three of them get a nomination for the Oscars? Or just Daniel um, Day
2: Lewis? No, uh, Vicky Creeps got shut out. I think I don't know for sure. I'm not looking it up. And Daniel Day Lewis didn't. I mean, he got nominated with his farewell role. He's done with acting.
0: Yeah, I heard that he finished Act. I didn't realize this was his last performance. Yeah, this
2: was it. He actually had uh-huh. retired before this. PTA asked him to come back and do one more movie, and so he'd done There Will of Blood with him, and I guess they, they enjoyed working together, which obviously shows in their Will Be Blood, but he came back just for him. But yeah, he's, he's he's back in retirement.
1: That's really sad. That makes me really sad to hear because he's literally <laughs> such a great actor.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's uh-huh. easily one of, the, one of, if not the best of all time.
0: Yeah, in the last 40 days, we watched three films of his. Two of them on this list, of course. Uh, and yeah, mm-hmm. Andrew loves him. This one was her least favorite performance, since that's why it's last. But yeah, she's a big fan of <laughs> Daniel.
2: <laughs> what else did you say? You saw There Will Be Blood and My um, Left Up? Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll wait till There Will Be Blood, but I'm curious which performance she liked more, actually, because she loved Ooh. both of them. <laughs>
1: mm. Really quick, just to, like, you know, one more thought for this. Was mm-hmm. I actually really liked Leslie's progression in this? Like at first, you see she's very protective of Daniel Day Lewis, but then as it goes on, she kind of like goes towards Elma's side more in the film, and I I just found that yeah. really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Once again, she was my favorite mm-hmm. character. I really liked she was her. So
1: good. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, I kind of liked her cold-hearted bitchy attitude.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too.
0: Anyways, we can move on to number five here. And this one's going to be a bit of a longer one, I'm assuming, because we have the master.
3: You, master, shut up! You don't know what you're talking
1: about! I don't know what I'm talking about. No, you don't. I give you facts.
3: They don't give they me facts. They are not facts. a fix. What the? They are what fucking that What the? Fuck you! fuck? Fuck, fuck you. you! Fuck you! Why don't you keep fuck the you. some more? Fuck you! Fuck you, you fuck lazy ass you. piece of fuck shit. Fuck you, I'm not lazy. I ain't done, you're oh. fucking lazy. No, you bitch, you. you're, you're fucking lazy. Fucking I make sure you You're so lazy. All you. they do, uh, who the fucking likes you except for me? Oh, Except for me. No, you fucking Who likes no, you no, except for me? Except for me. Yes, sir. I'm the only one who likes you. Fuck you, too. Fuck you. Just me, Freddy. Just you. I'm the only one that likes you.
2: Oh, boy. It's in fifth place.
0: Yeah, it's in fifth place here. Oh, no. Yeah, Siegel has this at number one. It's currently his favorite. Yeah, for PTA. Andrew has it at number five, and I have it at number six.
2: Uh, bad news, my earbuds might be dying.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're not actually dying. Siegel's just done after we're talking about the master. He's not talking no, about no, Yeah, really.
2: exactly. <laughs> no, no, for real. Yeah, he's it.
0: ending <laughs> after the master. That's it. He's ending on a high. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, this is definitely, the master's my number one. I, I, I was, it was, I was between the Punch Drunk Love and the master uh, going back and forth for a long time, I had punch drunk love number one, but I, I think I, it's the master just is much more uh, personal to me in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, this is one of the only ones that I have rewatched. I watched it once, and I really didn't like it the first time I watched it. Um, so I'm glad I rewatched mm-hmm. it a bit more because this was number eight out of eight for me on after the oh, first wow. watch. But uh, I was like, no, I'm gonna rewatch him. I had too high expectations going in because I knew this was one of Siegel's favorite of all time. And I knew Joaquin Mm -hmm. was the lead and I knew Philip was in it a lot. So I just had really high expectations and it just didn't live up to those expectations. But on a rewatch, I will agree. I think the cinematography might be Mm -hmm. one of the most gorgeous of all of his films. Like it is beautifully shot.
2: That shot of the water, you know, I'm talking about where they're on the boat and and it's the wake of the boat. And it's just really dark. It's really like bright blue in the center and it gets darker as it gets towards the edges of the frame and just the shapes of the water. It's just such a mesmerizing uh, shot, and it's just water. It's just the way way he—it's just such a beautiful, beautiful film.
0: Yeah, the whole film is just shot very well. It's a gorgeous-looking film. Might be my second favorite film cinematography-wise, like a very Mm -hmm. gorgeous-looking film to watch. On this list or ever— Oh, well, on this list. On this list. Oh, okay. No, I'm just
3: kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, like, honestly, I don't watch that many gorgeously shot films. It's probably, like, top 20 easily. It's a very gorgeous, looking. film. And I really like it. Um, Well, I I really like it cinematography-wise. I just don't love the story for me. The performances and the cinematography are both fantastic. I can look at this film and go, yeah, this is a really well-made film. It's just not one that I impersonally attached to like i kind of watch it from a distance kind of like seal with inherent vice i watch it from a distance mm. and i just not connecting to any of it i can just appreciate it
2: interesting okay yeah so but what's hurting, your hurting, thoughts andrew you're Andrea? hurting me yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're him. slowly killing him
1: actually yeah, <laughs> yeah. you want to go put some uh poison mushrooms in his soup yeah it's, it's,
0: not, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not his earbuds dying it's him slowly dying it's
2: yeah exactly. Just, what about your thoughts you enjoy? now and we're yeah. all just dying together.
0: Yeah that's right I love it.
1: Um, so you know this is this was a second watch for me the first time like I told Siegel I was doing homework so I wasn't a hundred percent paying attention but I'm glad I rewatched it because it jumped up quite a bit for me. I uh, I really love walking. He is just so good at playing fucked up characters <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> I mean, look
1: at the roles that he plays. Like seriously,
3: he's yeah, just he's, yeah.
1: so good, and I, I just loved everything he did. Like at, there was one point, I was just taking notes on everything I'd, he did. Like <laughs> he's just so crazy. Taking a nap like on the very top of the boat, like where he could definitely that fall shot
0: into. is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, it's a good shot. I loved
1: it. He just he's so wacky and insane. And he's, he's what did it for me. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I Actually, interestingly, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in this film is my favorite performance of all time. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I knew you were really high on it. I didn't realize it was your favorite of all time. Yeah,
2: Joaquin Joaquin is, is top ten, but, but Philip Seymour Hoffman is my number uh, one of all time performance in this, in this film.
0: It is a great performance. I thought the performances were really good.
2: Yeah, I think that they bring like like Andrew was saying they're so wacky but 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 the reason that that I don't think many if any other actors could have played them uh, is they bring so much more than just what's on the surface you like let's say that scene um with Philip Seymour Hoffman on um, and he's lecturing and that guy's challenging him Yeah. Yeah. Um he brings like like Yeah, sure. Most of us in real life would probably agree with that guy. This guy's literally a cult leader and and he's not found that in fact he's saying that that his ideas could literally cure uh cancers and lymphoma and all these things which obviously that's insanity but at the same time you kind of feel like he he spent so much time on this and and coming up with his books and his writings and this guy who knows nothing is coming around and just challenging him and you're kind of you know that you're not on his side but you really feel for him in that moment and i don't think many other actors could have pulled that off if any
0: You know, he is really good. one of my favorite scenes is when they're in the jail cell and it's just a nice one (laughs) shot of them both going in the cell and just the way that they both react to the situation is so drastically Mm -hmm. different. And it's this one very long shot of... Joaquin Phoenix absolutely losing it in his cell and breaking the toilet and smashing his head against the wall. <laughs> and Philip is just standing yeah. there watching and just calculating what he's going to do next and what he's going to say. Like, they both react so differently. It's very fun. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah, Joaquin in this movie is kind of very animalistic. He's very, yeah, um, yeah for sure. And, and and Philip Seymour Hoffman represents a much much more intellectual um, take on life, if
3: you will.
1: And I mean, I feel like we see that several times in this film and that's kind of what makes it so great. Like the scene where the police officers are coming to arrest him and you know, like he's mad, but like he's still talking to them, trying to like figure out what's going on. You then you to see Joaquin, like, fucking losing his <laughs> shit and three police officers having to take him down is probably my favorite scene of the entire, yeah. entire show. Or the, right, and then
2: what I thought was interesting, again, is, is, is I'm only thinking of this because it was in the same place that it happened in, in the film, in mm-hmm. front of the house on the porch, is when uh, Freddie comes back, and Lank and Dodd and Freddie just, they hug it out like crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's just they like, rolling on the ground, and like you see that 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 Dodd is is kind of he has he needs this emotional attachment of power as much as Freddy needs it in the other way.
0: I thought the two of them were really fun together. They were definitely really fun to watch.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think it's controversial. I think the, that all these scenes are great. But I don't think it's controversial to say my favorite scene is the uh, interrogation or whatever you want to call it scene. Like I spoke about it a little bit earlier. Yeah, that scene just it. it outstanding just completely it's insane
0: no it is a really good scene i still think i like the prison scene the best yes. but that yeah, might yeah, be a, that might be a close second i think the lighting in the interrogation is really fun where it's all hitting mm-hmm. them one side of the face that so they're half darkened it's a very cool yeah. shot i really like it also
2: he feeds him literal um paint cleaner or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't What's know if you picked up on this, yeah. but earlier in the film when he's making it and you, you see what it is and all the ingredients. And then he's like, you don't want this. He's like, yeah, I do. And so he makes it for him. And it's like the
0: worst garbage in the world.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. I love that. So a uh, fun fact, the first time, whenever the guy actually died, like there was that random guy Joaquin was drinking with. I didn't realize mm-hmm. he actually had poisoned. I just thought poisoned him. I just thought that like, he was really drunk.
0: You thought he was a pussy? Yeah, I
1: didn't know he actually put, I think it's paint thinner is what it's called, maybe not, uh, in his drink, and then I realized,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. and then whenever they started, he started drinking it with Philip, then I realized, oh, wow, he actually did poison that guy.
2: Yeah, like, it's fully insane what's in that drink, but that's what he, that's what he was doing in the army, he just needed something.
1: He was just such a hardcore alcoholic, like, even going through their medicine cabinet, (laughs) getting their, like, was it cough syrup or whatever? Just chugging it.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: he had issues.
3: <laughs> yeah, Which, no. i <laughs> definitely um, He seemed normal? But I to think
2: me. that that what I was saying earlier about about PTA's films being something that, that about characters that don't change—they just accept who they are. I think this is the the strongest representation of that, where Freddie is someone who whose father left, his mother died, and his girlfriend kind of just dumped him hard and and when he went off to war, everything like that. And he's looking for someone uh, else to rely on because he's so broken and everything. And in the end, and and, and that's what it's all about. And that's what what Lancaster Dodd relies on. He says that if you can learn how to live without a master, then teach me because I I don't think it's possible. But in the end, he's able to just, and he doesn't change. He's still broken. He's still all these things, which is is a lot of what you learn in the interrogation scene um, when it cuts away to, to the scene on the bench uh, flashback uh, that I thought was 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 super emotional. Just the whole scene was obviously incredible. I keep going on about it, but um, but, mm-hmm. but then at the end he 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 learns to to what's call it called? He learns to accept the fact that he's broken and, and be himself without the need for a master.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that that that's something that in this film um, is is the I think that's PTA is like big big thing. And I think that he interesting P- PTA considers this his best film, by the way. Oh. Uh, he, yeah. So I, I think it, uh, you're going to make fun of me. Oh, that's why you consider your, best, your <laughs> opinion, which, which fairly, Yeah. I knew, I knew Quincy was going to say
0: it. I wasn't going to say that, but it, good point. Yeah. No, no I think it yeah. is. <laughs> but,
2: but yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it's just, it's, it's such, such an accumulation of everything that he, he, he just explores in all his films. Um, and, and yeah, it's just it's such, such a, I don't know, it's, it's so personal to me in, in a lot of ways.
0: That's it. I'm Googling PTA's ranking. Maybe he ranked his own movies, so oh, maybe it's the same list no, uh, Siegel so. sent me. Uh.
2: I, I don't that. know if he also said this after he made uh, Phantom Thread. I know, and in Inherent, not in her, I I was her. Um, but I know the that when he made this, he said this is his best work.
1: Did he give a reason why he felt like this was his best?
2: I haven't actually, no. I just saw an article that was saying that, that PTA said it's his best. I didn't, I didn't see why. I can look it up, I'm sure.
1: I'm just nosy. I like knowing stuff like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Very interesting. Um, it, yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything to say. I don't know why I'm saying that.
0: all. Uh, what's your favorite scene, Andrew? We were just discussing the prison and the interrogation. Do you have a favorite for yourself?
1: Yeah. So, I she mean, said it. I. Yeah, I was no, no, listening. I, I right,
3: was well, listening. I kind of already talked about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's the scene on the porch oh, where okay. the police. <laughs> I just. And okay, just to, like I said, a fun thing was like, I was counting how many times Joaquin lost his shit in this film. He lost his shit three <laughs> times. And then there was another thing. <laughs> Quentin's probably dying. I did another thing where I was counting how many naps he took because I thought he took like like a lot of fucking naps in this film. I was like, damn, this dude's always <laughs> sleeping or losing his shit.
0: See,
2: this I mean, is why I time. find it so relatable. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Seal <Seele laughs> no, takes I actually naps.
0: Didn't notice that, to be honest. Yeah, Seal takes naps and loses his shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's me.
1: <laughs> he probably only took naps because he was always so drunk. That's probably why. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah it's pretty much Andrew every time she drinks.
1: That's right. I do go to sleep really <laughs> fast after like two like drinks of wine, I'm like out.
0: <laughs> yeah, last Ooh. night we were watching the graduate with like a bunch to drink, and afterwards he was like, All hey, right. Heading to night. bed. Good night. <laughs> and I was like, let's go. Let's put on another movie. Let's throw some jams on. Let's go. Yeah.
1: He went in he to watch Taking Shelter last night, and I was like, no. It's no. It's not happening. Nope.
0: That scene, the scene
2: that, that is is an interesting scene is there's a lot of running scenes, like, like the scene man. of him just running away from yes. stuff, and then there's that scene of of the the bikes, the motorcycles.
1: I love that um, scene. Yeah.
2: And it's 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 it's, a, it's such, such a silly, silly game. They're playing pick, pick a point where you, pick a where you literally just pick a point and ride to it, it and, and that's, that's the whole, whole game. game. Um but, yeah, but but it's it's, it's interesting in that scene where you see that, you see that that Philip Seymour Hoffman picks, picks a point, point, he 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 rides to it, he's, he's whooping, whooping, he's cheering, he's having so much fun, he comes back. But then there's the scene where Freddie does the same thing and you see it focuses it doesn't focus on as much of his excitement and all that, as it focuses on on Lancaster, Dodd, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, whatever, his, his reaction, reaction to Freddy getting farther and farther because he knows that he's tasting freedom at this moment and he's scared that that's going to free him from his from, from his grasp, from his being his master. And I think that's, that's such, such a, a that's, that's such a, a I don't, I don't a, know, I, I love that scene because it was, it was just so, it focused so much on character and it seems so simple but there's so, so much, much
0: going on. Yeah, the ending's really fun. That's a great moment. I just thought the ending of Joaquin Phoenix's character, I just mm-hmm. thought, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I did really like the ending.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, where he started repeating yeah, the same words that Philip was saying at the very beginning of the film.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. Like I felt like it was super hard for them, too, whenever Joaquin went away from Philip. And then you see Philip calling him up, just saying, I miss you. And then he comes back, but then, like, he realizes... Like he can't keep him forever, you know. I don't know. Right. You guys have already said it, but like, I just like their yeah, bond no, 100%, well.
3: Yeah, 100%. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's like me with all my ex-girlfriends, they're, like calling me, "Oh, I miss you, Quentin." I'm like, "Ah, oh, get off." <laughs> and then
2: you, you put Angie on the and phone, and, like, like talk to her. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah, throw her a rod.
1: Over, yeah, over it.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, so we can move on to number four here. Do we have anything else to say about the master?
2: I'm sure I do, but let's move on. Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Honestly, throughout the rest of this podcast, if you want to throw out some more master quips, just let us know. Yeah, sure. Do (laughs) it. Here at number four, it's another sad one. Seal's going to hate this list, Andrew. We have Punch Drunk Love.
3: Wow. (laughs) I didn't do anything.
2: I'm a nice man. I mind my own business. So you tell me that's that.
3: Before I beat the hell from you, I have so much strength in me, you have no idea.
2: I have a love in my life
3: that makes me stronger than anything you can imagine.
0: Siegel has this at number two. I have this at number three. I was very close with you here, Siegel. Uh, Andrew has this at Mm -hmm. number six. Oh, wow. (laughs) Even on third try.
1: Hey, at least I made The Master go higher on the list. No, I know. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, to me, it's, yeah, it's really, really hard to pick, pick between, between Punch Drunk Love and The Master. master. But I, I just The Master is more personal. So that's why I think I went with it. But Punch Drunk Love, what I think it does so well, and I, I wrote this in my review, but what, but what, I did, what it does so well is most, most films kind of aren't – it doesn't focus on, on – um, what's it called? on uh, the, the 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 hardships and this is this is annoying and that's annoying and you know what I'm saying conflict is here and kind con- and he has to deal with it it's the fact that his whole life is just he's so in so much stress about everything and he's such a such an awkward person everything is so stressful to him and it's, it's just the score resembles that just everything he does he's always anxious and everything and and and, and it's all about how and then the second, I mean, it's almost a thriller in the first half of the film, where it's just, it's so intense. And then the second half, the the where 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 he kind of, uh, they're able to get together and all that, and it's kind of, it, it, even though he's not changed at all, like he talks about ripping her face off and, and crazy things, he's still not, he's so awkward, but he's, he's able to kind of be less anxious about existing. I, I thought that was really beautiful.
0: Yeah, I really like this movie. This is where we're going to start getting to the ones I really i'm excited about i was so close to giving this number two It was very 50 50 for me Uh, it's just a fun film i think it's so like what siegel said anxiety inducing Mm -hmm. the score and just the pacing and the cuts it's just so it keeps building up and building up and you're getting all anxious and it's a it's a ride it's a thrill i really like it i think it's super fun it uh, gets me all excited. I like this and Uncut Gems are both two films that really just get me going when I'm watching it. I think it's very fun. Right. I love the Adam editing. Sandler. That's what it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> Adam Sandler. I just love that guy. Uh, I think this is a really fun film. It's just a unique perspective on love and just mm-hmm. finding someone that you actually want to be with. I think it's very interesting mm-hmm. how everyone around him is just causes him so much anxiety and everybody just makes his life so stressful. His family, his work, his. Yeah. Anything. Seven sisters. Yeah. So I think it's fun that he finally finds something. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I I think the sisters are fun. They are. Uh, I think it's a very, a very fun movie. I really like it.
2: What What do you you think think about the theory? And this is, this is going to throw you for a loop. Ready for this? Okay. There's a famous theory. That Barry Egan is Superman.
0: Quite a theory. Wow.
2: It, he's, he, wears, he wears a blue suit and a red tie. Um, he, he, I, don't, I don't remember all the, there's a whole thing about it. He breaks that, he calls, remember that unbreakable plunger? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. an unbreakable plunger, and then he breaks it. So he's just like, oh, wrong box. But it's not actually a wrong box. It's just that he's Superman, and nothing's really unbreakable for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, There's just it, there's a whole big thing about it well, when he does that flip. That's uh, a funny well, thing When he's running and he flips over the barrier, like uh, he does like a whole Superman dive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, he does do a yeah, Superman dive, whole, yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I think the imagery is there. I don't know if, if obviously, he is or isn't. I don't think he is, but um, it's, a fun, it's,
0: it's a fun theory. Yeah, it's a fun theory. I, I feel pretty confident saying he's not, but I do like the theory. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. But uh, speaking of the tie, I thought that was something that was also very fun, because in the first half of the film, he wears the blue suit with the blue tie, and once he realizes that he wants to progress in his love of this woman – who is obviously played by Emily Watson, once he realizes that that's what he wants to focus on, that's who he wants to be with, he yeah. starts wearing the red tie to show that that's his desire, love, and not right, what right. he previously had. So just, I think the symbolism and the colors is very fun.
2: hmm And the lens flares.
0: What's the lens flares?
2: Well, first of all, the transitions with the color, like the rainbows, mm-hmm. the colors like that. Um, I thought the most beautiful one was at the end with the car wash, uh, where it just kind of, goes from the from the colors into the colors like it's kind of just undefined just a row of colors and then it becomes the scene of the of the outside of the car wash on the establishing shot I thought that was beautiful um but but like the lens flares where, where where the light hits the camera and it makes a flare across the screen it's, it's the only pva film that has that and it adds such a vibrance to it it adds such a energy to it um, they had speaking of of Robert Ellsworth, like we were doing earlier he he was on top of a truck at one point uh, and they were riding and to get some shots they were just like a, literally a camera on top of a truck uh, just moving at bra- really way too fast speeds that were definitely not safe to get certain shots there's just there's there's so much energy in the in the camera work of this film that that really helps and adds to the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and I really like the silhouettes. I think the silhouettes mm-hmm. just really romanticizes mm-hmm. the characters. Mm-hmm. I always thought those were fun shots. Yeah, so, yeah. well, so what's oh, so your What thoughts, do you Andrea?
2: think of the um, harmonium, the piano thing?
0: Yeah, no, I like I like the piano. And I like how I've seen some videos on this film and how after watching these videos I then rewatched it with Andrea. And it is very noticeable that it's his source of comfort. Yeah, how the yeah. score really yeah. like this anxiety and this crazy score always stops every time he touches mm-hmm. the uh the small piano and every time well it
2: changes it plays into the
0: score yeah really yeah it kind of mm-hmm. it, it suddenly calms down
3: the
2: the car crash at the beginning is totally unexplained and and in an interview piece, they asked him why he's like because people were telling him nothing ever happens in that movies. it's not exciting so he's like oh no, i started off with a car crash to so shut them up <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's <laughs> a good that's theory. That's funny. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's what really he said. I love
0: it. That's mm. funny.
1: Yeah.
0: So, Andrew, you're obviously the one that's lower on this. So, what was your thoughts on the film?
1: So, you guys really like Why'd liked you
0: ruin it for it us first? all? That's
1: funny. <laughs> this could I'm have been sorry. number one.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. I know,
1: I know. <laughs> I know. I am I'm like the fun taker aware. But anyway, so you guys liked the anxiety. Any movie that has like super high anxiety. Like, I don't know. And I know that was like PTAs whole thing is he was trying to like give anxiety. But for some reason, that's just a little off putting to me. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why it took me three times to finally like, hey, PTA took a unique look on this love story. I mean, it works now. I don't know why after three times it finally makes sense to me. You were saying something about the color scenes i don't i don't understand those like where he kind of does like the rainbow shots like they come up on the yeah. screen no
3: it's
2: just beautiful i don't yeah
1: why does he do that
2: because it's gorgeous <laughs> that's why I, don't know I,
1: okay. <laughs> I
2: just i love how it looks i don't really have a reason for it
1: <laughs> i know the first time i ever watched it i just didn't understand why he broke it up that way and It was probably my small brain at the time (laughs) i know right not realizing what was going on that just that threw me off as well
2: i understand that for sure it's not it's It's more more, yeah yeah yeah, no it is there's a lot to it like like the the pudding pudding, like the the harmonium harmonium, like like the yeah like the colors like so 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 much much of it that just just isn't explained explained. it just just happens.
1: the pudding kills me like the fact that like He doesn't go on trips. Like, why is he wanting to, like, get all this pudding so he can get all these frequent flyer That's 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 part
2: part of his anxiety.
1: anxiety. Yes.
0: And I also was telling Andrew that my theory of that was he was buying all the pudding cups because he wants to escape. He wants to for example mm-hmm. he has all these air travels cuz he wants to travel like, he wants to leave the world that he's in right now cuz he hates where he's at mm-hmm. but he also has nowhere to go like he, that's why he isn't going I think,
2: going I, think right. I have a similar theory but a little more where he wants to leave and that's, that's why he keeps doing it in the hopes hope that, that he's too anxious, anxious to leave though he's, he's, to, he's to go out and be and not and be in an environment that he's not comfortable and doesn't know in a new environment and so he keeps buying putting in the hopes that one day he'll be able to do that which he eventually does go to Hawaii, where he has her to anchor him and and, and be a reason Mm -hmm. to to brave that um, whole scenario. But until that point, he just keeps buying it in the hopes that he'll be able to to, to work up to it at some point.
0: Exactly. I think that's really the big progress shift in the film because that's when he puts the red tie on when he decides to go to Hawaii. I think it's to show that he's finally ready to change. So I do think that was a really good moment in the film. I really like
2: That scene where he goes and he's running through the halls right after they they say goodbye, right? And then he decides Mm -hmm. to go back to her room and he's running through the halls and he answers the wrong door and he's running around. Oh, that's such a good scene. I love it. I loved
1: it, yeah.
2: And then we have to mention Philip Seymour Hoffman.
0: Yeah, I thought he was very funny. He was a fun side character.
1: That was a good scene at the very end. (laughs) Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut shut, shut
0: up. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Did you just say fuck you to me? Oh, what? You're dead. You're dead. Yeah, it was so much yeah, fun. Oh, yeah. that was
2: such a good impression.
0: Quinn,
1: that was great. <laughs> it was good. I, can, I can't top that, so I'm not even going to try.
0: <laughs> oh, dang it. I should let Angie go first. I wanted no. to hear No.
1: <laughs> no.
2: Oh, that's such. And then he's like, and then my favorite line, I say this all the time. You have no idea. I'm always saying, that's. The, I would say, that's that, Mattress Man. And everyone's like, what are you saying? And I was like, no, don't worry about it. That's that, Mattress Man. It's a good one.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> and then there was the part I picked up on it. At the beginning, whenever he's she like he's calling the sex line and she's like, Don't uh-huh. worry, it will show up on your bill as what what is it? Mm was it M M&M, and M mattress man? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then at the end that's how he figures out where he is. Which is great.
2: Right, 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 right. Yeah, and you yeah. picked up on that all oh, those didn't. scenes. Oh my goodness, there's so mm-hmm. many incredible just the anxious anxious anxiety inducing scenes in mm-hmm. this. It's, I don't know, I just love it so much.
0: Which makes sense why Andrew gave it a six. She doesn't like the anxiety. She does. She was Correct. not a big fan of have you Gems. Have you
2: seen uh, Good
1: Time or Uncut
2: Gems?
0: Yeah, she watched the first two-thirds of Uncut Gems, and then she literally <laughs> walked out. She's like, I'm done with this.
1: <laughs> My anxiety was so high watching that, I was like, I can't, yeah, sorry. She
0: literally walked out on no, the I movie. Yeah, it, <laughs> and, I mean, that's yeah. the point. Yeah, well, and then when the just, yeah, then when the movie yeah. was over, she was like, did, "Did did it get any better?" I was like, "Oh, it got way worse. It was amazing." Oh no!
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I loved it, but yeah, Angel was not a fan of that movie. No, not no. at all.
1: No. no.
0: So she never saw Good Time either. She does not have much
2: interest. Right. Good time. Good Time's is an all-time favorite for me.
0: That's right. Yeah, it is very high on your list. I I prefer Uncut yeah. Gems. It might be a hot take. I've never.
1: Understandable. Well, Understandable. I've never seen Good Time, so maybe I should watch it.
0: Uh, no, if you didn't like, uh, uncut yeah, gems, you're not gonna like, you're it, like it. No. it. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty much like uncut gems, but with Robert Pattinson, so you'll hate it even more. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah she doesn't like Robert yeah, Pattinson. It's yeah, it's
2: very similar. It's more. It's got more neon, the different coloring, but in terms of the energy, it's very anxiety inducing in a similar way.
0: Yeah.
1: Sure,
0: sure. Another really good movie. though. I like it.
3: Yeah.
1: And Love then, that one. Anyway, I just, want, I just want to give a shout out to my like personal favorite. I love the family scene. I love when he walks in and they're like, "Hey, gay boy." Yeah. Oh I my think, goodness. And then he, I think oh my that goodness. is. Yeah. There was so much anxiety there in the poor poor guy. He just he wanted to just like get through it. It was oh, yep. it was and crazy. He
2: smashes the window. Oh my yeah. goodness. It was great. And then there's just that's the most heartbreaking line where he's like, "I get sad sometimes. I don't even know why." Oh, it's, oh it kills me.
1: And that and that's what I put in my review. I love how it goes from that line in the beginning to at the end when he's saying he has a love larger than life or like larger than yeah. he can imagine. I was like, wow, larger what a anything. turnabout. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: It's beautiful. Yeah. Before we move on, I do want to say that my favorite scene, we haven't even really touched on too much, was when all the kind of collided together and you have his sister, the woman he's interested in, they ask him about the pudding. He has the sex operator on the line. They ask about the piano. It kind of all comes in together. All these different storylines it's so chaotic and intense mm-hmm. uh it's, just, it's the most exciting for me I, it kind of connects everything together yeah, it's very sure. chaotic it's a fun scene
2: yeah yeah i don't think i could pick any one scene i just love the whole
0: entire thing yeah the whole thing is very fun i really like the movie it was yeah. close to November I do two. like
2: the introduction of his character where he's sitting there in a blue suit uh and he's sitting all yes. the way at the edge of the mm-hmm. screen in the corner it's a very a good blue shot. suit against the blue wall and he's just kind of invisible
0: yeah, no, I agree. It's a very it's nice just shot.
2: Such a great introduction. Yeah,
0: I like it. All right, we can move on to number three here, mm-hmm. and that is going to. Be... I have no
2: idea where the rest of this list is going.
0: <laughs> yeah, seals here for a trip <laughs> now. uh That's going to be magnolia. Strong, strong stuff here, boy. Wow, what
3: exactly am I wrong? You need all this stuff, motherfucker. What? Motherfucker. You, what you
1: fucking about? asshole, who the fucking,
3: who the oh, look, fuck lady, do you st- 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 think I'm you are? I come in decision. here, you don't know me, you don't know but who you, I am, what my life is, have and th- you, th- have you, balls, th- you have the balls, and decency th- 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 to ask me a question th- about th- my life? Clearly, what fuck th- you too! Th- th- don't you call me lady! I come
0: in here, I give these things to you, you check, you make your phone calls, look
3: suspicious, ask questions, I'm sick! I have sickness all around me and you fucking ask me my life, what's wrong? I'm using death in your bed, in your house, where's your fucking decency, and then I'm fucking questions, what's wrong, suck my dick, that's what's wrong, in you, you fucking call me shame on you,
2: okay, this is my number three,
0: yeah, we all have this one very close here. Uh, Andrew and Siegel both have it at number three, and I have it at number four. So we all kind of have it in that okay. same ballpark. Uh, I like Magnolia. It's a very fun film. Uh, it's very similar to Boogie Nights, where it's an ensemble cast, so there's like multiple mm-hmm. storylines that interconnect. I, I, I do really like this movie. For me, I think it starts to drag a bit. You kind of start to notice the runtime, And I think the last 30 minutes I wasn't a huge fan of, so I just don't think it ends that great. But overall, I still have a great the time. The frogs, with though. Yeah, the, the frogs. I don't know. Oh, come on. You don't like the frogs? <laughs> not really. I guess I'm not a big frog guy. <laughs> You're
2: not a big frog guy, huh? Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I just wasn't a huge frog guy. But overall, I think... Tom Cruise is hilarious. Oh my goodness. Yes. Best Tom Cruise performance ever. I loved it. It was hilarious.
1: He was really good. I will say that. And I do not like Tom Cruise either.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Even Andrea says Tom Cruise is good. Best performance of all
2: time. Basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I trump everyone. Yeah.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Uh, this might be one of my favorite performances of all of P.D. I thought Tom Cruise is so frickin' hilarious, mm-hmm. it's so great, it's, he's so over-the-top yeah, yeah. douchey, but I think overall his turnaround is very interesting.
2: The point of it is that not people aren't all good people, but we all have kind of the same in, in so many different ways and in such different levels and in such vastly different, I mean, hugely different manners and everything, we all kind of have the same human experience.
0: He doesn't even have a heroic arc at the end. He goes there to just shit on his father, who he hates, but still just an overall great character. I feel like he is very in-depth, considering he's a very cartoonish person.
1: Yeah, and like right, you kind of yeah. understand why he is the way that he is. It's mostly because of what happened in his life, and it kind of just comes full circle for me with his story, and that's why at the end I think I enjoyed his character so much more. Mhm.
2: Mm-hmm. Who? Would you say he was your favorite character in the movie?
1: Honestly, he would be up there. Um, I really also enjoyed uh, John C. Riley, Tom mm-hmm. Cruise, Julianne so
2: probably, Moore. Who else? Julianne Moore.
1: She was good as well. Oh, yeah. Her's actually. The scene
2: in the, scene in the pharmacy. Oh, it's so good.
0: Yeah. Yes. I, she'd be my third favorite character. My first was Tom Cruise, but my second one would have to be William Macy. I thought him yes. being a successful yes. child yeah. character yeah. and then now living in a reality where he's no longer successful and his struggles with that realization is really yeah. interesting. I love the first,
2: it. It's funny. The first time I saw it, I thought that kid was a younger version of him, and it kept being flashbacks.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, but, oh, did you?
1: It is kind of interesting how they turned those two storylines around where there actually was a kid on the game show, but then there was yeah. him that held the record. And also they
2: had a story about the kid on the game show and the game show host, so it was just a whole... Yeah. It really tied everything. There was yeah. no character yes. that was just kind of there. Every character was a big deal.
0: Yeah, connected somehow. And actually I agree. John C. Riley was really good. Mm-hmm. Him and Macy connecting near the end was really fun. Yes.
2: Yeah. Um the scene with with I mean John C. Riley and the kid uh rapping. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was oh, fun. My God. So much fun.
0: Yeah. No, I thought Macy's struggle with his reality was really fun. Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh definitely one of his lesser crazy roles, but it was still a very fun side character you know, to the film. I-
1: him i liked him in this i he was he was fairly normal and you know he might be extra (laughs) well he
0: was a really
2: i mean yeah he's probably the least likable human being in the film
0: oh you
1: think really i thought in terms of
2: in terms of what he what you find out about him at the end what do we find out about about him necessarily are we talking
1: about the same person where he
2: molested his daughter no
1: that that was Philip no, no. Baker. That was yeah, Philip Phil Hall Baker. Baker. Oh,
2: wait, who'd you say? Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. We're
1: talking about Philip Seymour oh, Hoffman. Oh, I heard Philip, and then I
2: didn't hear. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Philip ha, oh, and okay. Philip Hoff. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. actually.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, for
1: sure. I was going to call that out. Like, I love Philip Baker Hall, but this is the one role I literally couldn't, yeah. I couldn't do.
0: Yeah, I didn't like him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the twist was, was just horrible. Well, that was,
2: yeah, that was, and then he's like, I don't remember. Oh, my God. Ugh. Yeah daughter's being an ass to him and she's not being she's being a bad daughter and really it's because he's just such a bad bad person yeah
0: yeah no i agree the twist of what he did was horrible and uh, that's why i don't like the frogs they uh, prevented him from killing himself
2: but that's what it was about that was the whole point that you don't things happen even even if you you kind of want to oh even if you kind of have a trajectory and where you want to go these things happen yeah and I think it was interesting that this is the only film where PTA's voice is, is featured. He's the narrator at the beginning and the end. <gasps>
3: oh, I didn't know that.
1: Wow, I love oh. I love the opening of this. That was probably one of my oh favorite parts. Oh my
2: goodness, parts. yes. The opening's the crazy. The scene with the guy jumping off the building yeah. and yeah. then his parents. Oh my
0: goodness, Bessie. Yeah, the opening, the way it's paced and how the story is structured with telling what happened, it was really I good. I really liked it. Literally
1: yeah. get goosebumps Yeah, and I mean, talking some of the
2: best it. editing yeah. of all time.
0: Yeah, yeah no, it... it crazy good editing it's a very fun opening yeah. uh, that alone makes it one of the best films for pt i really mm-hmm. like it
2: yeah um i think that 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 it goes from that into the song um one is the loneliest number right
3: mm-hmm. um
2: uh and it's just such a that also could have been like, the opening and it's not the opening but it also kind of is the opening it's the narrative opening as opposed to the thematic opening if you will mm-hmm. um and I don't know. That scene is so weird like with, with William H. Macy just <laughs> driving into the building. I died laughing. Oh my goodness. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting that Magnolia is all... Two of us have it at three. One of us has it at four. So it's all very high. We all agree it's a fantastically Hell made man. film. Top tier. Right. But none of us have it in that one or two spot. Like It's just one that we can all appreciate right, and really right. love. And, I mean, again, I know
2: but, a ton yeah. of people who do. It's another... All of these, I like that. But yeah, for sure
0: yeah no I, I do really like this movie though uh and this would be one that i would not re-watch that often because it's super long yeah um,
2: <laughs> yeah fair i've seen it i've seen it four times now oh, oh my, my gosh,
3: gosh. i don't <laughs> think i can do
2: that
0: i might watch it one I more time three times
2: later. in 2020 and then one
0: time in 2021 oh my gosh Stop. yeah i might watch it one more time in my life in my life <laughs> It's a very good movie. So the, <laughs> the
2: big criticism this always gets, and I can't back it up or or, or deny it or argue with it or anything, because I haven't seen the other one. Is that it's it's almost an exact copy of Robert Altman's Shortcuts.
0: Oh, I haven't seen that yet.
2: So no. yeah, so I I want to see that uh, at some point. Do frogs also fall from the sky? So I, I doubt it. You know, what's funny about the Frogs also is that he didn't know it was a Bible thing. He sent the script to someone. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, by the way, this happens in the Bible. Like, what are you doing? He's like, wait, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny.
1: So then so then, my other question, were the 82s on purpose? The 82s? Yeah. Yeah. Did you there's like so in the very one of the very first scenes you just like see an 82 on the wall before the guy jumps off the building mm. and then like this guy on letterbox he literally wrote down every time you see an 8 and a 2 together so like there's interesting. like interesting I never
3: picked
0: up on that. Yeah. Yeah, we picked up huh. on a few but we didn't definitely didn't see like the 2082s no. hidden no. throughout the film.
2: Interesting.
1: I thought yeah. it was
0: cool. And then according to Andrea, the eighty-two, it's like eight-two for a Bible verse. Was that what it was? Well, that's <laughs>
1: what they said, but I've highly do- I highly—I don't know if it is though, because like you just said that he didn't even know about the frog, so I don't know if that's someone's wild tape. Right, take. Or that would
2: be a- right. Yeah, because yeah. then the eight- maybe someone told him about this Bible verse, and he's like, "I don't know what what Bible verse."
0: The verse is about how there will be a moment that will rain upon yeah. the world, and about it frogs. is yeah. Oh. It is, it is maybe it foreshadows he included that
2: after he found out that the frogs were possibly alive. yeah
0: because it foreshadows the frogs yeah
2: right that's interesting oh i love that
0: yeah it is really cool and there's like 20 different times where 82 is hidden in the film uh we noticed i think like two or three of them so uh we re- uh we noticed the first one because it's kind of obvious and then the rest of them are pretty well hidden
2: fascinating i love that so much
0: yeah, yeah, it's just really cool how they I bet Altman it. didn't do that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think Angel's trying to pull up the verse here.
1: Uh I can't find I thought it was like really close to the top.
0: Alright, so here, Angel pulled up the verse here. Uh the verse, according to this, it's Exodus eight, two. And it is And the Lord spoke unto Moses, go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go so they may serve me. And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all ye borders with frogs. Fun. Yeah. So. It's such
2: a, can we just talk about how weird of a threat it sounds without knowing the story? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will smite you with frogs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, what a phrase. <laughs> okay. It
1: was crazy. The difference is
0: all the
2: frogs in that story, most of them come down alive, and this one they just kind of smash down and splatter
0: yeah yeah. it was a very cool shot the frogs falling
2: mm-hmm. yeah all right so and yeah. the, the ambulance just tipping over just the whole everything it really it, it it wasn't like an unrealistic portrayal of these heavy heavy things just smashing down such in such a volume
1: and then i was gonna say let's just go ahead and give philip seymour his little call out like i thought he was really good in this film i thought he was very like normal and I like lo- mm-hmm. I love the fact that like he went the extra mile to help this basically guy that's dying meet his son. Yeah. Like it was crazy.
2: The they Tom Cruise has been quoted as saying that the reason he took the role is cuz he would be able to act in scenes together with Philip Seymour Hoffman. He respects him so much.
3: Oh,
1: that's awesome. That is so cool. Wow. Yeah.
2: And also we forgot to mention just way earlier, all the way back to Hard Eight, he had one scene in Heart Eight, and that was just an excellent one scene. Yeah, I liked the uh, yeah. cameo over there. Like a two-minute scene that was fun. Um anyway, yeah.
0: Yeah, I liked Philip and Magnolia when he was on the phone and he was like, So this is the moment in the movie where we can connect the father and son together. Like this is the moment. And he's like mm-hmm. waiting for them mm-hmm. to respawn, and he's like, And and this is where you let and this is where you say, Yes, I will bring them together. Like he's like waiting for them to uh, be hyped about this big moment. Yeah. I think he's very oh, yeah. fun.
2: Yeah. He's a sweet he's guy. Good. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, anything else about Magnolia? Or are we ready to discuss number two?
2: I'm ready. Let's I'm go. curious which one of these next two is number one and which one's number two.
0: Yeah. So obviously I think I might've
2: my, these, the next two left are my four and five.
0: Yeah. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Andrew. uh, I killed the Master's Chance and Andrew killed Punch Drunk Love's Chance. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And these two were a difference by one point. So, very close with both of them. And for number two here, we have There Will Be Blood.
3: So say it now. I am a a sinner.
2: Say it louder. I am a sinner. I am a
3: sinner. Louder, Daniel. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I am sorry, Lord.
0: I am sorry, Lord. I want the blood. You want the blood. You have abandoned your child.
3: I've abandoned my child. I will never backslide. I will never backslide. I was lost, but now I am found. I was lost, but now I'm found. I have abandoned my child. Say it. Say it. I abandoned my child. Say it louder. Say it louder. I've abandoned my child! I've abandoned my child! I've abandoned my boy! Oh,
2: wow. Okay.
0: So, me and Andrew are going to be in greens here for the next two films. Uh, Me and Andrew both have this at number two, and Siegel has this at number four.
2: It's, uh, like I said earlier, it's easily his most uh, universally acclaimed film. Many people consider it to be the greatest of all time in terms of film.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. This has to be a film that... Most people would just agree is the best. I think if we had three more people on this podcast, it would just end up being yeah. number one. Like it kind of averages yeah. out to always come. No, to the top. there's
2: not a single person who doesn't have it in at least their top four.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. It, it always has to be in the top end of PTA. It is really well done. And going in, I wasn't too excited. I knew it was really good. But, you know, I don't really care about oil and religion. I could not care Mm -hmm. less about those two things. Which are the two themes of the film. Yeah, so (laughs) I was not very excited going in. But man, uh, the performances and the cinematography, this would be the one that I would say might be better than The Master for me, Mm cinematography-wise. Absolutely Mm -hmm. gorgeous. I I
2: mean, that that oil, the the scene with the the oil thing exploding is just one of the best directed Mm -hmm. scenes of the century so far.
0: crazy. Yeah,
2: it's un it's unbelievable.
0: No, it's an incredibly well made film. I really like it, and this would be one that is very long, but I would be down to rewatch this once a year. Like it is a really well made film.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, right, yeah. What would you give it? A four and a half?
0: I give it a four and a half. Yeah, mm-hmm. very, I'm very high on it. It was a very, very great film. I really liked it. I thought Daniel D. Lewis was fantastic in this. I guess we can get this out of the yeah. way, Andrea. I this and my left foot are two of your favorite performances ever. Might both be in your top ten, I think. What would your favorite performance of Daniel be?
1: Really hard, like seriously hard. I felt like he was so good in my left foot, and that's like the introductory film for me watching him. And then I, I think put... that was
2: his first performance. Wow!
1: Wow! I didn't know that. That's like literally very impressive. He had a like. I mean you know, he was dysfunctional. Like, I mean, he had a disability and he didn't... Yeah, his... well, don't
2: spoil the movie, by the way. I haven't seen it. Okay, so okay. I, I know okay. that okay. a spoiler, but just before
1: you do <laughs> Okay, understand. I won't spoil <laughs> it. Sorry. Yeah,
0: my left foot is not a PTA movie, so we don't need to spoil that one. Or... Yeah, we don't care either, but yeah. we'll
1: pretend. Anyway, but like, he, he just portrays his character so well in that. Like, I was just like, wow. He literally, he just goes the extra mile with the characters and I really respect that. But... In there will be blood. He once again embodied the entire character. Sorry, Mm -hmm. entire character. So I don't know. It's such a tie for me. It's hard for me to say which. Yeah, you don't.
2: You don't have to choose. They can both be amazing. Yeah,
0: we're not ranking performances. I think they're tied. (laughs) Yeah, they're tied. (laughs) Yeah, I. I think Dale Day Lewis. This might be one of the best performances ever for me. It was electric. It was so great. Uh, The. Drinking the milkshake at the end, it was just hilariously like yeah, animated. Oh it was so much fun. That that whole ending was just so chaotic and fun. But really, yeah. obviously, the abandoned my child moment in the church is just insane. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I remember me and um, Andrew. I, the... I
2: think that it's important to remember that it wasn't, I mean, obviously he was raising him like a child because his worker died, but it wasn't his son. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's just raising the kid. No, I agree. Yeah,
1: I just yeah.
2: Fuck the... that kid, bro. Like whatever. That <laughs> <Okay>. kid. <Fuck.
1: Okay. laughs> <laughs> This film, like I don't know, I think I saw it on Letterbox a long time ago, and I just saw that it was ranked really high. And it, before I even really knew much about PTA, I wanted to watch it because I was like, "Oh wow, this sounds great." And honestly, I thought yeah. it was gonna be like a murder mystery movie. I had
2: interesting.
1: No, I had no idea. Because there just, will
2: be blood. I guess I hear that from. The yeah, crowd.
1: yeah, that's why. I just looked at the title and I saw it was ranked high, and I love murder mystery movies, so I was like, "Okay, I want to watch this." And then, you know, yeah. you watch it and you find out it's about oil and everything. <laughs> and you're like, oh, great. And I think I was talking to you, Seagull. I said it's such like, it sounds like a boring story, but like PTA is just so good at bringing boring stories to life. Like, I don't know, you get really Right, infested. because as much as
2: it's a story, there's not, it's not about the story. It's All his films are completely character-driven.
1: hmm
0: I agree. The characters yeah. always seem to take the forefront of the films.
2: Right, and it's it, it, and it's the character decision that moves the plot forward more than it is a plot point or a story beat. It's always a, a, a reason for, from the character's emotions or that the character wants to do or does or whatever. It's never because the story happens. It's because the character does
3: something.
0: Yeah. And something that I thought was very fun about the film is the battle of power between religion and oil, like industrial, like wealth against loyalty and faith so i thought that it was very interesting to watch him and then i forget the
2: paul, act, the character's paul name but yeah dano. paul
0: dano yeah the two of them were so interesting Eli to watch
2: Sunday. Eli is
0: Sunday is oh that's the character's name okay yeah but i thought the uh, i thought the two of them um, were so and i also
2: fun. think it's interesting to note that in that battle of power it's also a power of the men because both of those people are using their
1: mm-hmm.
2: um their respective paths in life to just gain personal power
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought it was really and cool.
1: I loved at the end of the film, whenever basically Daniel Day-Lewis points that out to Paul, that like, hey, you're doing the same thing as me. You're not better than me. Yeah. It was right. great.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, they both are using their power over the people to gain more control.
3: No, mm-hmm. it was I do have
2: one very minor flaw with the film, and mm-hmm. I, to this day, it, it's inexplicable to me why on earth PTA chose to do this. Mm-hmm. But... Uh-huh. Paul Dano was cast as both Eli Sunday and Eli Sunday's brother. And I have no yeah. idea why they didn't just cast a different actor. It's so confusing.
0: Yeah, at first, yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about. Because I mean, Andrew, so thought confusing. that they was the same person too.
2: It's just, it, they look very different if you put them side to side, but they're not on screen within the same hour of each other. So you see one of them. Then an hour later, you see Paul Dano again. And you're like, oh, look, it's him again. But it's
0: not the same guy at all. But you just, it, it, I don't understand why he did that.
1: I not even I actually didn't even realize that. Did we talk about that when we were watching
0: it? We thought it was the same character at first because oh. it's the same person.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was very weird. I noticed that as well. I don't really understand yeah. it, but you know.
3: Uh, know. Yeah, it no, it works, whatever. Whatever. yeah, it works. Whatever. Um, works
0: for me. <laughs> Who am um, I to
2: question the great PTA, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Who am I to question PTA? Exactly. Uh one thing that I did love was Daniel Day Lewis. Takes Paul Dano and shoves him in the dirt and just insults. It's just completely tearing this guy apart, and it's to show that Paul, that Daniel is the one in power in this situation. And then Dano goes back to the house to have some food with a family, and he takes the father of that family and shoves him down on the ground. It's to show that they're kind mm-hmm. of bringing this power down to those yeah. below them because they want to feel powerful.
3: Right, right. You
0: know, it's cool how he kind of brought yeah. the same issues back.
2: How did you feel about the opening of the movie, the first 15 minutes where it's just him? Um, what I have to say about it is that it was kind of like, it was him down in the oil and the thing. He was working as a, a lowly, he wasn't like a big guy yet or anything. And you see him doing it, There's, it's wordless completely um, for the first 15 minutes. There's no dialogue, no anything. And then you see him and he falls down and it's so painful I and mean, he breaks his leg, right? And then it, it establishes uh, just how far away the town is. But it doesn't show him traveling to it. It just then shows him back in town, ha- somehow having gotten there with his broken. It just shows how determined he is um, to, to get there and, and, to, and to succeed in his own self. He, he, he somehow made it all the way back.
0: Yeah, no, I thought his determination to be in power was pretty interesting in the film. How he even sends his son off because he wants to start doing oil. And just because that's a threat to his power, he gets rid of it. Like, he's a very intense guy.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. He's completely driven um, by power. selfish and egotistical and, and all those things.
1: I think, I think that's the real point for me when I realized, wow, Daniel Day-Lewis is an asshole in this. <laughs> like, whenever his son, like, flies back and, like, his hearing's gone and then he just realized, wow, this... This kid's a nuisance to me now, and, he and his hearing's
2: like, gone because he's in a in a scenario in an environment yeah. where children shouldn't
3: be.
1: Yeah, exactly. It wasn't even his fault. It was Daniel Day Lewis's fault, and that just blew my mind. You could really see how selfish he was.
2: Yeah, how un, how uncaring he was. Yeah, and just completely driven for his own
0: uh,
2: power and success.
0: I like how after the movie was over, when Andrew looked at the poster and her eyes widened. She <laughs> was like. Whoa, it's the cross lifting the oil. What an <laughs> image.
1: Oh. I'm so smart.
3: Yeah. yeah, she's
0: very high on that poster. I love it. I don't think I ever noticed that.
1: Oh, I no? I
2: never at the poster. Oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I
0: love that.
1: PTA, I mean, really cool.
0: I'm telling you.
2: I'm
1: telling you. <laughs>
0: PTA made that poster himself.
1: He did totally yeah. make it. He drew it
0: while his wife was getting him the soup when he was in bed sick he was drawing that poster
1: <laughs> I love it <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> all right uh, anything else we want to say about there will be blood you got any other favorite scenes here
2: um I, I i yeah i have a lot to say but nothing specific or anything like that it was one of those movies I could just talk about for hours and hours, just going and delving into each character and their motivations and what it means for their environment and all that. But yeah, I think we discussed. Uh, we went we went through the basics and the most
0: important part. Yeah, there's a lot oh, to yeah. discuss about this film. There's just so much involved.
1: And I mean, if anyone cares what I gave it, I actually I only gave two PTA films five stars, and this was one of them.
2: Is the other one the next one?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Yes. Okay. Yes.
2: So this is all your fault,
0: this
2: ranking. Yeah. So I don't know
1: if you've ever listened to our other rankings, but the 2020 ranking podcast for films was my fault too. Yeah,
0: Andrea always kills the ending. I don't know how she does it. She manipulates it.
2: Well, I wouldn't say kills it. I, I think any at this
0: point would be. No, no, I'm kidding. Yeah.
1: Yes. I think it's funny that yeah. I did both that yeah. way. Because his brother was like, what did she do? Yeah,
0: my brother was not happy. Yeah. <laughs> I've got Jillian Nair in my top three, so look at that. Oh, my oh it's, in it's in my, my top, top ten, but not my top three. Woo-woo! That's how it's done. Woo-woo!
1: Wasn't there something we wanted to bring up about that? I feel like I made a comparison and you are like, we should tell Siegel on the podcast.
3: Uh... It was
1: about, like, people not really ever being loved. What movie did we watch? Why didn't
0: we talk about Siegel with that?
1: No! If you, like, you guys like, <laughs> oh, my God. You have to, that's not.
0: That's all I heard. I
1: Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. No, I can, I'm trying to think what the other film was, because we were comparing it. I was like, because you were like, well, yeah, me and Siegel both like Kim Jillianer, or whatever.
0: <laughs> Maybe Punch Drunk Love?
1: Yeah, yeah, what? that was it. That was it. It was something about Punch Drunk Love, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, we were saying how drug Love and Kajillionaire are both about two individuals that aren't used to being love and being, like, alone. And they're both, like, Mm -hmm. weird love stories that are unconventional, and Andrew doesn't like either of them, but we like them both.
2: Oh, no. (laughs)
1: Well, I like Punchdrug Love. Andrew is
2: just too
0: loved. She can't connect to it. That's right.
1: <laughs> I do like Punch Stroke Glove a lot more now than I like Congelioner, yeah. though. I will say that.
0: You just gotta watch Congelioner three times.
1: That's it. I have to watch it two more. Two more. All
0: right. Have so you seen it? Have you rewatched it one? I've seen it twice, yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool.
0: Yeah, Andrew convinced her mom to buy it, so now uh, I can watch it off, my, off her mom's account. <laughs>
2: oh, fun. I, I saw, saw it with Sam. Him. We watched it on, on video call together.
0: That's awesome. That'd be a good one to watch. Yeah, he didn't like yeah,
2: it, didn't it that much, it. and I
3: loved it.
0: I love it. It's a good one. Alright, so we can move on to number one here. We have Boogie Nights as our favorite PTA film. How old are you,
3: 17. 17-year-old piece of gold? Yeah, right. would you come back to the
0: table? I, guess. <laughs> I mean, I do know you. I know who you are. I mean, I'd love to come back to your
3: table for a drink. And obviously, you're not full of fun. Dark. Yeah, But I just couldn't walk out on so really sorry yeah. i got a feeling those are
0: so wonderful just to get out andrew and i both have this at number one and siegel has it at number five
2: yes i do yes and it, it this and all my top five i think in terms of if you want to call it objective quality which is something we can debate if that exists in film or not um i, I would say they're all pretty equal um, and, and my top five all just is is, is how much they personally affected me and, and hit me, so
0: yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, this film is uh, it's kind of hard to personally get involved with a bunch of people involved in the porn industry, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is about this film. I just had an absolute blast. I thought it was such yeah, a yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I only watched this once and I just fell in love with it. I would love to buy this on Blu-ray sometime. It's just such a fun, vibrant film. With such a great ensemble cast, even people like William Macy is only in for the first half. His story is oh, yeah. so hilarious. Um,
1: that's the it's best hilarious, New Year's and party. And he no, crashes
0: kidding. down. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man.
1: The New Year's Eve in party. In a moment, yeah.
2: like the whole time you're laughing and laughing, and yeah. then in a moment with, with his character, part, the whole film changes. Yeah.
1: Yep, yep, exactly.
0: The whole film
2: is crazy. Oh, that's
1: such a good turning point. I didn't even actually realize that. That's when everything started to go downhill for people. Hey, yeah. yeah, yeah, right there. Wow,
0: a really crazy film. It's one that really, for me, Magnolia kind of starts quieting down near the end and kind of loses the momentum. This one, I feel like it just keeps going. It just the chaos well, I mean, this continues. With the, with
2: the craziest shot in the whole thing is the last shot.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it was a great shot
1: i feel like i messaged seagull yeah, after that and i was like holy shit oh my god
3: What <laughs> yeah, is going was, on? i did think
0: that was hilarious it was very similar to weird comparison uh, to a my favorite pta movie but similar to the simpsons movie where bart <laughs> is naked for the entire time and everything's covering his wang the entire time during the movie until at the very end of the shot it just zooms in on the wing and that's it as like a joke that <laughs> in the simpsons movie yeah have you not seen it i have not it's no. the same joke where they all these crazy stuff keeps coming in the way to cover the wing. i feel like
2: that's, yeah. a, that's a clear boogie night's reference it, it
0: must be it mu- obviously it would be because it it yeah. does everything to cover it and at the very end of the scene it does everything to cover everything but the wing so it forces you to look at it like oh, it was yeah. such a funny joke <laughs> and that's what this film is for the entire time you don't see it and it's left to your yeah, imagination. I saw a
2: letterbox review yeah. that wrote, uh, it was by some girl, I don't know, I don't remember who. She was like, like, only PTA could make you feel this straight. Like, <laughs> desperate to see it. Like,
3: <laughs> Yeah.
0: No, it was very funny. I thought it was a very fun ending because it was kind of just a joke that they've been hinting at the entire yeah. film. I-, I loved it. It's a very you fun know, movie.
1: So, like, whenever I asked Siegel what, like, he thought my favorite movie would be, he actually said Boogie Nights. And when I first started watching it and I was like, this is about porn. Why would Siegel think I would love something about (laughs) porn? (laughs) How do I come off to him? And then I started watching it and I was like, holy shit, I love this. This is like literally a masterpiece. I was like, yeah, so you were 100% correct with your guess. Siegel knows what's up. Yes. Yeah, I think at the moment this is
0: in my top 20 of all time.
2: Oh, wow. Nice.
0: Yeah, no, I really love this film. I think it's so much fun. Uh, Going in, once again, I was completely blind. Uh, Based on the cover, it was like a star that was shiny. And then the cover of the Blu-ray, I got from the library to watch it. It showed like a dude, and I thought he was holding a bowling ball. So I thought Boogie Nights was going to be a (laughs) neon bowling movie. I thought I was going to be watching people bowl. So I literally had no idea what this film was about. I just thought all the characters were really fun. Uh, definitely Mark Wahlberg's best performance. I don't really oh, like absolutely. him. <laughs> yeah, know, like my,
2: my one of my better joke reviews on Letterboxd was for this movie. Um, I wrote, Why does it make so much sense that Mark Wahlberg began his career playing a literal jerk off with the acting
0: talents
1: of a porn star? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, it felt very natural. Yeah. It
1: absolutely did. Yeah, not,
0: and uh, Don Cheadle, I thought this may have been my favorite performance of him. I thought his character was really great. Yeah, yeah.
2: I love the scene where where the first time you see them, they're, they're shooting a scene, um, and just all the people are like, from behind the cameras, they're, they're like, like just, just turning around, like, whoa. And their eyes are big, and they're like not even focusing on their work, just staring at his wing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Philip Seymour <laughs> Hoffman in that scene was hilarious. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I like, Loki yeah.
1: loved how Philip C. Hoffman had like the hots for Dirk. I was like, that was great. When you try to make out with him.
0: No, <laughs> no everybody in this film was great. John C. Reilly, like was perfect in this film. I think that's my favorite performance of his. Like This film seemed like everybody's shining moment. It was everybody's best work. And it was an ensemble mm-hmm. cast. And
2: PTA was 26.
0: Yeah, I remember, I think you told me that after the film, when I watched it, crazy. That he was 26 when he yeah. directed this film. That's nuts.
2: Yeah, it's wild. The interviews of him talking about it and he's basically just talking about porn a lot of the time because he was talking about his inspiration and what he and a lot it's there's so many hilarious interviews uh of PTA talking about this film it's a lot of fun
0: i bet yeah i guess that would be pretty because he's like a 26
2: year old kid who made just made a movie about porn you know like
0: (laughs) yeah it's crazy it's it's a wild film you would not think you would like it but it's for some reason just super relatable or just super wild to watch all these weird characters interact Mm
2: -hmm. yeah I think it is relatable in a lot of ways because again it's very that the the As much as it's about – he uses the porn industry, it's another one. It's completely a character film, and it's completely maybe the main characters uh, about the rise and fall and whatever. But you have Philip Seymour Hoffman struggling with what he's struggling with, and you have John – what's his name? You have John C. Riley struggling with what he's struggling with, and and William H. Macy struggling with that. And they're all just having human struggles on the side of this big adventure that they're all part of in in making movies or or porn movies specifically. But that's really just – the the, that's the main theme of the film but it's not what the whole film's about yeah
0: yeah like the elevator pitch is a bunch of people working on porn but the real story is all these people's struggles on the side of this overall story and that's what makes it fun Mm -hmm. even julian Moore, i think this might be my favorite performance of hers i thought she was very fun i really liked her character
3: Hmm. So then you keep
0: saying that these
2: are your favorite because a lot of these performances, specifically John C. Raleigh and Julianne Moore, I think I prefer them in, uh, I like them a little bit more in, in Magnolia.
1: I was about to say that too. I think I definitely like Julianne Moore more in Magnolia myself.
2: For scene in Magnolia in the drugstore. Yeah. I did like that, like, but I think overall- Don't wrong. you call me Lady. <laughs>
0: I think Julie Moore. I think my favorite performance of hers is still *Big Lebowski*, just because I've watched that three <laughs> times and I'm uh, obsessed with it. But aside yeah, from yeah. that, I think this might be my second favorite performance of hers, and I just think it's because I like her as like this mother figure for Mark Wahlberg, since he never really had mm-hmm. that has that figure That's in his true. actual life. So I thought I she was thought very. That, right. I, I really liked her position in the film. Yeah, and I'm then sure. John C. Riley. I definitely think this was my favorite performance of his. But maybe it's because I saw this one before the other ones in PTA and I was just so blown away by him being in a serious role. But But him as like the bartender, he was just so much fun. He was kind of like the fun character at the beginning until like it starts getting crazy.
1: So I like him. It's crazy that you said that because I think because we watched this very first out of all the PTA films, this is kind of the hardest one for me to remember.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we watched this one Mm. first.
2: Yeah, this is our
1: very first one.
2: Right, and then you both, you put it at first.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. It's no, the, it, one,
2: it w- the one that I watched first uh, in my life is also my number one at the moment.
0: Oh. Well, there you go. I guess it's just your first introduction to PTA. Well, we well, both saw, yeah, me, yeah. We both saw Punch me, Drunk but. Love, but first experience in the last month and a half was us with Boogie Nights. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think it's a. It's just a fun film. One thing that we haven't talked about, which is my favorite scene of the film. is is the seamless one-shot of, one, of all of them in the backyard, enters into the house, and it is this one-shot of characters, where it's following one character, they have a conversation with somebody, and the other person stands up and walks somewhere else, and then we follow that person, and then they stop mm-hmm. and have an interaction, and there's it a similar scene like,
2: again, There's a similar scene like that in Magnolia, yeah, right, yeah. when they're going
0: to the game show. Yeah, yeah, Magnolia does the same thing with the game show. So that was probably my favorite scene with Magnolia as well. I just love those tracking shots it was really fun but for yeah, boogie is, nights
2: very exciting and kinetic uh tracking shot yeah
0: but for boogie nights it might be one of my favorite shots in all of pt i love that shot in boogie nights because it's so vibrant and colorful and chaotic with everybody interacting with each other i i love it it's a very fun scene
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah percent.
0: yeah so i'm very high on that scene uh, andrew is there anything else you want to say for number one here
1: You know, PTA killed it. It was literally the best film. Like, I love how it was an ensemble cast, how you got to see everyone at their high of highs, and then it drops down to their low of lows, and then at the end, it just kind of comes together. I don't know. I think it was his best work by far.
2: Yeah, we all have just a couple years to make one of the greatest movies of all time.
0: That's right, yeah but <laughs> <That's it. laughs> uh, Siegel you uh you have this at number five is there anything else you want to say about it before we wrap it up?
2: um I, I just to me like I said to me it's just the least of the of my top like the, my top five are all in terms of quality I would say they're all but it's just the one that to me I just I didn't connect to it as much as as, as some of his other work even though I think it might be his most exciting in a way. You really feel the fact that he's twenty six. You feel that youthful energy and the excitement and and his experimentation and just all, all all that all that youthful energy that he, he brings to the to the work that I think that, like in his later films that feel more mature. This is really the culmination of, of just the excitement and the and the camera work is always so fast and exciting and moving and there's there's very few scenes where the camera's just kinda of sitting there and there's a yeah. scene happening. The, the camera is, is, is a, he's almost dancing to the camera and the actors together and turning it all into a thing. Um, and, and it's unbelievable, and it's so, so exciting, exciting to see, and it's just, and it's just so much, much fun. fun. I just didn't connect with it, I think, as much that's as some of those
0: other ones. That's fair. One. It definitely comes down to just what you connect with by yourself. I agree that that's yeah. kind of a lot, all of these are fantastic, and it's just whatever it comes to having a personal connection, which is why, like Siegel said at the beginning, PTA rankings is interesting because everybody has it differently. It's whatever you connect with because they're all great. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And he explores, he explores such such. such Deep things of humanity that, that everyone connects, uh, most people at least, um, connects strongly to, to a bunch of them. It's just about which ones you connect to most strongly, I guess.
0: No, that's true. And like you said about Boogie Nights, you definitely feel like it's the most electric. It's very youthful yeah. and just very yeah. fast paced and eccentric with its characters. So I do agree. Maybe that's why I like it. Maybe Man. because I'm still young. Maybe when I'm like 30, I'll I'm start so a it. You know? <laughs> yeah, Seagull's yeah, ancient over here. <laughs> yeah, maybe one thirty. I'll have the master at number one.
1: And then I just want to really quick just give a shout out to Burt Reynolds. I, we didn't really even touch on his character, but I thought he was really good as well.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I would watched him in Smokey and the Bandit, and I I like that movie. <laughs> but um, I don't know. This is by it. far what. I
2: haven't, I haven't seen, seen Smokey and the Bandit.
1: Should watch it. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> check it out. Yeah, this is by far his best performance I've ever seen him in.
2: Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. I think this is the only PTA podcast where Smokey and the Bandit gets recommended.
1: <laughs> That's right. It's such a weird recommendation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't seen Smokey and the Bandit because it's not a Fincher or PTA film. So Tarantino. there's no reason to
1: watch it. Yeah. Oh, sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can't do a podcast on Smokey. Are you into Tarantino? Tarantino? Uh, I have only seen two of his movies, so. Oh, interesting.
2: I mean, yeah, yeah. I'd, expect I'd expect you to, to be, be super. super into
0: him. Yeah, wow. but but uh, I I own half his filmography. Like I own a bunch. I just haven't seen them. <laughs> I just bought like two more of his a few days ago on Blu-ray, so I should start. I'll be watching them soon. Okay, awesome. I do think I'll like him because I love pulp fiction. Yeah, I, so mean, I yeah. think I'd like him. Brad Pitt's even in a couple of them. I know, I know. I'm slacking over here. It should be exactly my kind of thing. All right. Uh, Anything else you guys want to say about PTA as a whole? Uh, I'm sure Seal has like five more things about the master.
2: (laughs) I have have a million things, but just to talk about him himself, um, I just think he's a really cool person. Um, and, And my recommendation is for everyone to go to YouTube and watch the interviews of him just absolutely whacked out on cocaine. A lot of fun.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, I might check that. <laughs> out.
2: I'm
1: checking them out now. Around sure. around the
2: time of, of of Boogie Nights and Magnolia and between between all that, and there's there's a, there's a really, funny, like, a really funny like 40 second, second clip on YouTube of him and Adam Sandler, and Adam Sandler just, just eating candy in a car, and he's so, so clearly totally just on so, so much coke. coke, and it's really funny.
0: That's funny. All right, and Adam Sandler's in an Andrew. I'm well, sure you
1: like it. Wait, wait. So do you think that the Coke that they did in the movie was real?
2: Um, I have no idea, but I know that PTA has done a lot of coke in his, in his day.
1: Oh shit, I yeah. love it.
0: And the one thing about PTA is, he's never made a horrible film, so if he ever has a new film coming out, I would be stoked for it. That's pretty much all it He takes. does. What? Is it coming out this year or is it next
2: year? What is it? I don't know if it's coming out this year or next year. It's called Soggy Bottom, and it's starring Bradley Cooper, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, which is, oh my goodness. Um, and Benny Sasty's in it. Oh, nice. And it's a period piece, uh, 1970s LA. So, oh. so, yeah. so whenever that comes vibes.
0: out, I'm definitely going to check it out. I, I just, doubt
2: it'll be Boogie Nights vibes because whatever it is, obviously his later work and it's not got an ensemble cast and all that, but it is right. 1970s LA. So
0: yeah, it'd be more like his later Sounds works. Sounds
1: good to yeah. me. I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll always be down to watch a PTA film. I think there does. you go. Always hits with me.
1: Yeah, I feel awesome. like... awesome.
2: I'm very excited that he uh, he worked on. Yeah, it would have been very uh, very sad for me otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Uh...
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say yeah. So this last year, 2020, 2021, I have watched like so many different types of directors. And PTA is 100% going to be one of those that like stands out for me now. Like just watching awesome. all of his works. I love it. It was a really great recommendation, Siegel. Yay! <laughs> yes! <laughs> there we <you> go. <laughs> Pumped.
0: Yes, Siegel picked a good ranking. If only he... Heck yeah. When I approached him and asked him to pick any ranking if only he said he wants to rank all the um. Smokey films. That would have been great.
2: All the what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you haven't done the Coens yet. I just have to say that. That's crazy.
0: Yeah? Yeah, it's crazy. I uh, would well, normally I'm I'm just a giver man. That's how it takes. To go to people I say, "What do you want to do?" I don't tell them what I want to. So, that, that's yeah, kind of how it works. Yeah. Uh, if
2: I was picking It's a nice guy. You're so Canadian. I know. <laughs>
0: I give and give. Yeah. Uh, if I was to pick, I definitely do Coens. I love their films. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, they're the best. Obviously. Yeah, duh. they
2: unlike, are. They are. I would say they are my second favorite, right
0: after PTA. Yeah. No, I really love them. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll be doing a ranking soon. i unlike
2: like you, have seen all their films.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've only seen like half. Well, yeah. we'll be watching them all soon, right, Andrew?
1: Yeah, I'm sure we will. Yeah, definitely. I'll probably get put on that one <laughs> since I'll want to watch many.
2: Anyway. <laughs> I think I'm doing that one eventually.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll be doing it with Siegel. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited I for that. Guess. Yeah. So, anyways, right. uh, before we wrap it up here, uh, Siegel, is there anywhere people can reach you uh, on letterbox or Twitter or Instagram?
2: Um, if you wanna, de- I don't really use Instagram except for messages, but you can, you can message me there. Uh, my, my, my thing is in my letterbox bio, which is uh, Siegel. So just S I E G E L, and that's that's my letterbox.
0: Perfect. Well, it was great having you yeah. on. Thank you for. <laughs> Adapting yeah, no, us to very, PTA. very
2: active on Letterbox, obviously, so.
0: Yeah, 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 that's kind of where we met him.
1: Yeah, he has yeah, the that's, icon that's... of the guy with wacky hair. I don't know who that is.
0: That's,
2: <laughs> it's Amadeus. That's
0: Mozart from Amadeus. Oh. He wasn't in uh, Smokey, so Andrew wouldn't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, and he's not in the yeah. Grand Pitt, so you wouldn't know.
0: Yeah. This is such a thing. <laughs> oh my God. But Yeah. <laughs> I like how now Andrew's now the Smoky stan of the podcast. That's it.
2: That's, that's all uh, she is I was
1: just trying to say something nice about Burt Reynolds.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're the Smoky stan and that's it.
1: That's all right. I love Smoky.
0: Siegel just recommended a bunch of great films for PTA and Andrew just recommended Smoky. So I think we're ending right. on a good note here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's everything. Uh, have a fantastic week, guys. All right. Bye.